My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. So yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 159 Part 2. Two! So we said we're going to watch one Raw, one Nitro, and a pay-per-view, but let's start with the alternate intro. So alternate intro. Enter at your own peril, past the bolted door where the impossible things may happen. That's the world that the world's never seen before. In Dexter's laboratory, lives the sm- you've ever seen. But D.D. blows his experiments to smithereens. There is gloom and doom when things go boom. In Dexter's lab. <laughs> uh, let's begin, Dan. We've got a five-point system. <coughs> We're not doing the intro. Oh, yeah, shit. So that was the old intro. So what about the intro? In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNR podcast go right back 20 years. Like the WNR podcast go back 20 years right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with the start of the Attitude Era and WCW still at its peak, the WNR podcast follow it month to month. This is WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars, May 1998. So we've got a five-point system. We've got roster. Rating. Promo. Matches. And setting. Calculating what we thought of Nitro and Raw this month. And then give the overall score and see who wins for May. So we're going to start off with Nitro. We had had WSW Slamboree, where shockingly Scott Hall turned on Kevin Nash. And uh, we had had the short episode, the only hour episode of Slamboree. But now we have got a full three hours. So it's WSW Monday Night Show, the 25th of May, 1998, episode 141. Nitro has been off and on the past month. The hour program last week was solid. On the downside for WCW, this tie at a 4.2 will lead to a six-week drought. Until July the 6th as Raw will take over. So we start off with Nitro Girls. Tony welcomes us to Evansville, Indiana. And we get fireworks. 
and it's three hours. Yeah, the place of the greatest action. It's Tony, Larry, and Mike to talk us through. Yes, and we've got a main event: Sting and Luger versus. Sting. Yeah, on what? Fu- Well, let me explain this to you. So, <laughs> on Thunder we have NWO Sting. You see. And a clip from Nitro last week, and Sting rejected the NWO. So last week on Nitro, Sting spat at the Giant, didn't he? And he got choked out by him, so rejecting the NWO. And then, of course, Nash came out to maybe help Sting or not. But it's all about NWO Hollow, because we've got a clip from Thunder, which so basically the Giant was talking about Sting, and said, everything's fine. But then Luger came out and said, I've talked to Sting, and he's against you. Luger wants Giant in a match, but he offers him a place on the NWO. Luger spits at him. Spurs, give me your Spurs. Give me your Spurs. Well, another clip of main event, another clip of the main event from Thunder. Some, I wish I just watched Thunder instead of the opening twenty minutes of Nitro, with Giant and the NWO Sting teaming up versus Luger. So this is not a real Sting; it's just a Sting lookalike, which we've done before here. But finally, opening title. Yes, and Raven is in the ring with the flock, and he's upset with Mortis and threatens him. Now, Raven reminds Saturn how he drove him to school and cured his broken heart after being dumped. He screams, what about me, a few times. He fires a bunch of the flock and wants Saturn back. Lodi is upset and gets the even flow, and Raven continues to beg for Saturn. Good crowd response for him. Well, Glacier is turning hills. He talks about his hype and how good he was, pre-recorded comments. He is upset with Saturn for taking his kick. Yes, his kick. Perhaps he is not a hill, but edgy. And lame. Holy shit, this was overly long and jump off a cliff inducing. <clears throat> and we come up to match one, and it is Fit Finley, who is a TV title champion, versus Mike Enos for the title. No, I think this is Enos, it's not been a while. Finley takes him down and has a nice chin lock up, and then it's snapped over. Enos tries to fight back, but keeps getting taken down. Enos is laid over the apron and elbowed a few times. Enos finally gets some offense in and gets two. Two! Now, they exchange some headbutts and Fit grabs him and slams him, but is caught and tossed back in a fallaway slam. <laughs> and Enos gets two. Two. Take over, go on. Enos goes for... <laughs> Sorry, I said Now they exchange some headbutts and Fit grabs him and slams him. But it costs... no, I don't know, <laughs> Enos goes for a power slam and Fit lands on his knee. Enos sells it and Fit takes out the knee and hits the tombstone for the win. Nothing great, but nice to see him get a small push. Match two, Glacier versus Saturn. Saturn takes him down first and taunts him. Then they shove each other until Saturn is kicked in the head. The fans boo Glacier and cheer Saturn when he returns a favour. Saturn puts him in a side headlock and turns it into a hammerlock. Glacier shoves him into the corner and kicks and hits him a few times. He poses for some boos and Saturn takes away in the corner. Glacier sends him into the corner but runs into a spin kick to the head. Glacier follows up with some boots and misses, and misses the foot to the face and is taken down. Raven comes down slowly as Saturn tosses Glacier. He flows up with a scoop slam and Saturn goes up top and leaps right into knees. Raven heads to the ring. Raven heads to the ring and gets belted by Hammer from behind. Hammer gets on the apron and Glacier kicks him in the head. His distraction to hit the Death Valley driver for the win. Raven gives Hammer an even flow. Well, Saturn ignores as Raven keeps repeating his damn catchphrases. And gives him the evil eyes once and leaves. Here comes the giant with Sting. Giant has something to say to Nash and he gets booed. <laughs> giant asks for quiet and calls Nash a yellow belly and wants Nash solo and will take him right now. The giant calls himself the original Big Sexy and Nash is a man. 
And if Nash is a man and calls his little concussion BS and tells Nash to get on out here, he asks again. Sting is not there. It is Brian Adams. Here comes Nash, solo, and he takes his time coming out. He asks if the giant wants some of this and the giant does and tells him to bring it to the ring. Nash wants to take care of Hogan's three little fluff boys and gets in the ring. So Nash is going in now and he's cloning Brian Adams and the giant. And Brian Adams is going to get some of Nash. Well, he gets taken out. Vincent gets a boot to the face and he goes after the big show. But now all three men are back up and they're crowding round Nash. And Boo's ringing out the arena. But the NWO wolf pack come out. Wow. Well, it's let... Luger and one of the members of Wolfpack come out. Luger's out with a chair. Owner's there as well. well Luger... Perfect to Macho finally make their way to the ring. <laughs> I don't know where they've been. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this line and then I'm going to go out. Then I'm going to hit the tree. So Luger's out here though. He's got a chair. The fans seem happy about it. Oh, Giant is angry, but Vincent and Adam's taken him away. And now Conan takes his t-shirt off and Nash... Gives it to Luger, he drops the chair. Will he put it on, or will he throw it away? I'm going to rip it with my biceps. Uh... Well, he spat at the NWA black and white. What's he going to do for the wolf pack? <laughs> the crowd want him to do it. Oh, and he puts it on. Oh, my God. It smells of... Uh... It smells of Mexican. It smells of churros. <laughs> <laughs> my God, Luger puts the top on. And he's part of the wolf pack. One of the WWE's most loyal people is now Wolfpack. But tonight he's got a team with Sting. Why does Sting have to keep team with people who are NWO? Sting would look good in uh, red and black face paint, actually. I don't know, Dad. Sting is the most loyal. I mean, Luger's a massive shock here. I'm surprised to join the Wolfpack, but I don't know if Sting would ever do that. You know, I mean, moments like this kind of NWO thing with people joining, do you know what I mean? That's quite cool but it's just the overexertion of that and it's just making sure they've got an end point to it which i don't think they did anyway it's the second hour and it's fireworks yay and it is match three and it is el dandy versus chris jericho and jesus jericho is still facing off against jobbers he assaults dandy before the bell dandy kicks him and then slaps him in the face dandy connects with a spine buster but misses the leap off the top and he's turned into the lion tamer and it's over yeah it's basically a squash he's dedicating this match for all of his fans he calls jj fat moronic and an imbecilic jerk he comes out and jericho backpedals and tells jj he looks beautiful he shows jj a roster of the people in the battle royale and there is no dean he, reiter- he reiterates just say has, has he got a jericho list he has. He's got a list of Jericho, it looks like, yeah. he. I just said that tough word and he was going to make me say it again. He, he reiterates that a few times and states that JJ, in his infinite wisdom, will see that. JJ goes over what he said at the pay-per-view and how Jericho is ready for the winner of the Battle Royal. Jericho states that he was misconstrued and was not ready for Malenko. JJ shrugs that off and leaves with Jericho, calling him a fat, pompous idiot after him begging for his belt. So match four is Conan versus the Parker. Conan low kick kicks him in the back of the head, only to be short closed eye and then kicked in the skull. Conan falls to the floor and Parker leaps and nails him, but gets hit too. Dude. Back in the ring, <laughs> back in the ring, the Parker leaps to his feet, then is bulldogged. He goes after the knee and it's over. Well, I did not feel this match. Canyon in pre-recorded comments 
and he discusses the death of Mortis after getting the DDT in the ramp. He then reminds Raven of his revenge at the pay-for-you and that he can get to him any time and anywhere. Gene calls out Hot Rod. Gene does not think Macho and Piper can act as a cohesive unit as the only thing they have in common is Hogan and Brett. Piper does his usual sense. He would never have a bad hair day when he is with Savage and then makes fun of his voice. He makes village people references about Savage being Macho. Here comes Macho and Liz. Uh, oh, here comes Macho and Liz tries to hold him back. Piper wants to know what his malfunction is. Savage and Piper jaw at each other and the latter does not understand where Savage is coming from as he is mentally disabled. Savage reminds him of the pay-per-view and the apology does not count. Piper states that he reverses the decision and brings up RuPaul for no reason and they argue for a bit. Savage, though, is cool if they are partners. Piper babbles and here comes a hitman. He calls Savage pathetic and tells Piper to come clean. This is too much for Brett and tells Piper to tell the truth about the attack. This is too much for Brett and tells Piper to tell the truth as the attack was planned from the beginning. The reversal was a plan too and no one cared as they saw Brett won. Brett reminds Piper how close they are and his mum says hi. Piper is claiming it's all lies as Savage derails and tosses in a chair and Piper wants to fight. Piper is sitting in a chair and is willing to be his psychiatrist and tells Brett that he is lying and at the end of the pay-per-view, if Macho wants a piece, he can have a piece. Savage agrees. So in match five is Kidman versus Juventud Guerrero. They lock up and both struggle for the upper hand as they push each other around in the ring. They break the hold and exchange slaps. Juve leads, leaps at him and gets a spine buster for his troubles. Kidman chokes him out. Juve makes a comeback and they both go back and forth until Kidman is sent to the floor with a flying head scissors. Juve suicide dives into him and both men are down. Juve chops him a few times, rolls him into the ring. He misses a kick and his face planted, but he and he misses a kick and his face planted, and he gets a two count. Two. Kidman chokes him out on the ropes, but Juve hits a sunset flip for two. Right after that, Kidman crashes in with a huge drop kick. He puts him in a rear chin lock. Juve chops him a few times until his head is taken off with a vicious clothesline. Kidman gets two. Two. After a guillotine leg drop, corner, but misses and is closed by Hoovy, who falls and runs right into a power slam, and now Kidman collapses after the move. Kidman crawls over for two. Two. And Hoovy rolls him up for two. Two. Hoovy is sent for the ride, but kicks Kidman only to be inverted plex onto the apron, where he lands on his feet, and he nails Kidman as he gets a near fall after a punch from the top. Kidman bulldogs him with authority, and now he gets a near fall. He attempts a suplex, but is sent over, and then he grabs Juve, tosses him with an over-the-head suplex. Kidman takes too much time going up top, and Juve catches him with a drop kick. Juve driver. Juve's slow going up too, but he hits the 450, and it's over. Yeah, this was, a fun, <coughs> this was a fun match, and the fans were really into it. And then we get... Nitro Girls! And the recap of Rick and Scott. Can Rick trust Scott? Rick gives Scott chance, but then gets beaten up by Scott after Rick trusts him. So Rick don't trust Scott. Scott don't trust Rick. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with me either. And now we see Eddie Graham and Chavo. And Chavo's acting a little bit differently than he has been. Eddie just saying to him, look, go to the back. He'll be all right. Seems Eddie's acting a little bit scared of Chavo. Well, Chavo's willing to take his match. And Eddie acts to hit him, but backs down. And Chavo gives him a, gives him a kiss on his cheek. And he has the fans chant for Eddie. Eddie... Acquises and Chavo holds him as he leaves. 
Let's see what's going on here then. So Chavo's grabbing him. Eddie's pushing Chavo. Eddie wants the match, but Chavo said he wants it. Well, like you said, Eddie leaves. It's Chavo's match. He's going against Ultimo Dragon. Yes, Chavo starts an Eddie chant. Not much of one, and Eddie wants him to start wrestling. Dragon is a tad baffled. They go back and forth off the ropes and both miss moves. And a leg sweep takes down Chavo. Headstand kick time, and now Dragon walks on him, but leaps right into a drop kick. Chavo connects with some kicks, but is dropped with a dragon screw leg whip. He's working over the leg. Chavo is up, but taken down and tied up. Dragon stiffly kicks him a few times, and Chavo heads over to the floor to slow things down. Well, he gets back in and is snapped over and then kicked in the back. Dragon connects with a handspring back elbow. He places him up on top, and Dragon is up too, but he's not down. Chavo goes for a suplex, but Eddie grabs his leg and Dragon counters with a sleeper. And Chavo does it right back with a jawbreaker and now chokes him out on the ropes and yells at Eddie that he's cheating. He finishes Dragon off with a tenet. Well, it's not, it's not bad and it's nice to see Chavo get a win and the angle advancing. Well, Chavo has snapped and wants Eddie to hit him and then shoves Eddie around a bit. Gene is there and talks about Eddie creating a monster. JJ Dillon comes down and has created a match for the pay-per-view and it's Chavo... Versus Eddie. Eddie's worried as Chavo has lost it. <laughs> yeah, so he won Eddie's been working on Chavo for these past couple of months, and now Chavo's kind of gone off on the deep end. But the next match is Lenny Lance, Dean Malenko, who, for the Cruiserweight Championship, of course, Dean Malenko being Chris Jericho at Slambury for the championship. Well, Lane is showing off his abs, and he has put some sort of ab buffer. Dean takes him down and puts him in a face lock. Lane gets to his feet, and the Going and they go in circles for a bit. Dean pushes him into the corner and mauls the shit out of him with a stomp after stomp. Dean runs through. Dean though runs in briefly, runs in pillar to post, but is able to nearly beat him with a solid bulldog. He gets another two, two after a standing leg drop, and goes to the chin lock. Dean is up and escapes, but is knocked down. However, he trips up Lenny and has the leg, but Lenny grabs the rope. Dean pops him in the chin and they tussle momentarily. Dean is kicked and Lenny goes up top and attempts a sunset flip. But Dean rolls through and finishes in with the cloverleaf. Well, anticipating the Jericho match down the road, I mean, that should be really good. But Dean Malenko looking strong on his uh, comeback. Most definitely, yes. So match eight is Goldberg versus Johnny Attitude. And this is Johnny Attitude coming out here right now. And, um, I mean, he looks like someone, but I'm not sure who, though. Ryback? Yeah, it might be Ryback. Or something like that. He's mocking Goldberg at this moment in time. But he is called Johnny Attitude. He's from New York City. So, I wonder if this is a knock on the WF, who are known for being in the New York Territory and being called Johnny Attitude. It can't be, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it does look very similar. It's like a, a modern, well, a, an early version of Gilberg. Exactly, yeah. I mean, often implicate. Often imitated, never duplicated. And here comes Johnny Attitude, and he's ready. Maybe he can pull off a shock against Goldberg. And what's Goldberg's uh, rate, rate streak at the moment, Dan? It is 89-0. and 0. Wow. Well, this dude tries to look and act like Goldberg, but here comes the actual Goldberg. So what episode has it been? We're getting Goldberg here, and we've already seen Lex Luger join NWA Wolfpack, and we've still got that match in our main event tonight. We have indeed. Jess, the music's hit, but there's no Goldberg yet. What's going on? You don't think Johnny Attitudes has something to do with this? Maybe backstage? Possibly. Oh. Well, he shows. Well, United States tight around his waist. Goldberg making his way out. Hina says he's a real deal. 
And he's got even more fireworks. And he's in the flames right now. It's about £100,000 worth. <laughs> and he comes over. So the Goldberg entrance there is evolving as well, isn't it? You know, you see him come out with those fireworks. And see how he does against uh, Johnny Attitude. Goldberg's been on a roll, obviously, as of late. Be an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On a roll. I just realised what I said there about the uh, Goldberg's undefeated streak. Well, um, Johnny Attitude is a lot smaller than Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Goldberg's saying, you want to be me? Let's see what you got. Yeah, well, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Well, he's trying to be the man. Oh, Attitude went Attitude for a spear. goes for a spear. Goldberg <laughs> just stands there, picks him up. Oh, my God. Got me in the gorilla press. And some new Attitude. Oh, throws him to the mat. That's what Goldberg thinks of the Attitude Era. Some big right hands to the jaw of Johnny A. Well, can Attitude even get to his feet? <clears throat> well, he does. But Goldberg gives him a couple of knees to the midsection. And Goldberg laying it in now with a forearm. Irish whip. Oh, a thunderous <laughs> spear. Spears him out of his boots. Oh. You know, Goldberg picking him up and down. What happens next? Well, James, he jacks him up. He's going to the corner, coming back. Hammers him down. Oh, my God. One, two, three. And we are at 90 and 0. Oh, my God. And actually just got taught a lesson by um, one William Goldberg. Impressive. And who can stop Goldberg? A cattle prod. (laughs) Well, James, no one can stop Goldberg. Everyone fears Goldberg. I fear I fear Goldberg after watching that. I fear Goldberg. And I fear no man apart from Goldberg. My God. Even Chuck Norris fears Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg. Fun little squash match, weren't it? It really was. Very, very enjoyable. But up next, I'm sure it's not going to be a squash match. Because it is the first match of the best of seven series between Benoit and Booker. Well, how did it happen? Let's just find out now. So, yeah, it's best of seven. The reason is, of course, Benoit and Booker hate each other. And there's been so much shenanigans when they try and get clean finish. of seven, before the Great America Bash, the winner will be decided. And the winner will face Finlay for the television championship. So, we got the last two matches of the night. But we're going to stop that quickly. Do something we've never ever done before. And let's jump over to Raw, episode 261, which is well, exactly the same time, we're going to start the show. Well, we get the opening titles, and then they're followed by some fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. The show opens with some booze as Vince McMahon, Pat Patterson, and Gerald Briscoe make their way to the ring, accompanied by three police officers. McMahon says, what a glorious night last Monday night was. 
Last Monday night on Raw, not only did Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson come out of retirement for one more action-packed match, but indeed, they gave Stone Cold Steve Austin all he could handle. But man congratulates Patterson and Briscoe and shakes their hands. And it's fair to say Patterson, Briscoe and an honourable mention Commissioner Slaughter, indeed, chained the rattlesnake last week. However, it was one individual, and only one individual, individual that person drained the venom from the rattlesnake's poisonous head. What do you think that was going on, Austin, when the fan jumped over the rail with the Austin t-shirt, the Austin hat, the Austin mask? What do you think? Someone was going to help you, Austin? I helped you all right. It felt so good when I had that steel chair in my hands and it struck Austin squarely in the back. I assaulted Stone Cold Steve Austin and got away with it. It was indeed a very special night for me and my associates. However, it will pale in comparison to the glory and the honour that will be ours this Sunday on pay-per-view when WWF goes over the edge. McMahon reminds everyone that Briscoe's a timekeeper, Patterson is a ring announcer, and McMahon himself is a guest ref for Austin's title match. McMahon says it'll be the dawning of a new era in the World Wrestling Federation, but more importantly, the demise of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, thank you very much. Well, the glass shatters and the outwalks Austin to the ring, so we got four free policemen, and we've got the Stooges with Vince, and Austin's out here, WF title, and uh, he's smirking Dan. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob, he's just got a smile on his face, because I think Austin has something up his sleeve. I know he's wearing a t-shirt, therefore he has no sleeves. Well, he does. He sure. does actually have sleeves now, but Austin says, I hope you're proud of yourself, because what you've done is prove without a shadow of doubt, you are the world's dumbest son of a bitch! Look at my man's face. <laughs> This is McMahon. We're going to watch it at the angle first and then talk about it. He's got a Randy Orton t-shirt on. McMahon can't believe it. His facials are fantastic. (laughs) The crowd love it, McMahon. So angry. Uh, His face, I think one of the best things about it is his fucking look. I got an angry scream. I can't believe it. (laughs) Crying. Oh, Patterson pushing policemen. I think that's a good idea. Oh, get rid of Briscoe Patterson as well. So that's, that's McMahon's two stooges as well being arrested. Oh, Austin's got the beer. Oh, no. <laughs> he gives McMahon a beer bath. I'm talking about humiliation. Not only beer thrown over him, but then arrested. And look at McMahon. He can't believe it. <laughs> well, Austin outsmarted McMahon yet again. <laughs> look at McMahon. He's furious. <laughs> Austin says, you're number one. And Austin, yeah, Austin said, I hope you're proud of yourself because what you've done is prove without a shadow of a doubt you are the world's dumbest son of a bitch. Officers, he just told the world he assaulted Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's exactly what you assaulted. I want you to do your job and arrest that piece of trash right now. Well, my man says it's a figure of speech. The police officers realised Austin's got a solid case and starts putting the cuffs on my man. He tries to fight them off, but they just overpower him. He makes a lot of great faces as well. Well, Briscoe packs it just to push the, uh, push the cops away and to free up man, but don't. Austin tells the cop that seems like a obstruction of justice, and the cops lock him up as well. Austin is having a can of beer out of his pocket, kick, kicks McMahon in the stomach and pours the beer on McMahon's head. <clears throat> well, Jim Ross says, Stone Cold is doing what the federal government couldn't do, sending Vincent Man to jail. McMahon is furious as the cop walks him up the ramp. Never mind. Once my man reaches the ramp, he makes perhaps the saddest face ever. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it really is amazing. And did you know the thing I like about the most, and this is something that even nowadays is lacking, you see authority figures 
actually making themselves look like idiots. Do you know what I mean? Austin is outsmarting McMahon at every turn, and that's why the feud works. The feud doesn't work because McMahon is keep punishing, do you know what I mean, and belittling Stone Cold. If McMahon came out and, and made Austin look like an idiot and belittled him every time, the yeah. feud would have been different. And that's what we've seen with that Daniel Bryan thing or anybody else that they tried to do now. Uh, and that's why it worked perfectly. Well, after a break, the announcers... After a break, the announcers for tonight, Jim Ross and Michael Cole, tell us the whole world. Tell us the whole world wants to know who LOD will get as their partner for the upcoming six-man tag match. Yeah, so we just seen the DOA come out here, and here come the LOD two thousand minus Sunny, and I wonder who's going to be their partner. I think River is going to have a very bright future, so he can throw up then if he wants to. And here comes Puke. Oh no, I think he's going to be sick on the one of the bikes. Oh no, this is too much. Hawk says puke is from south side of Chicago. It's the Chicago way. And JR let us know his full name is Darren Jostoff, but his nickname is puke. He walks out and over to one of the motorcycles owned by some DOA guy, bends over it like he's going to vomit on it. So good to know he doesn't have a stupid gimmick. <laughs> Chains jumps out of the ring and attacks puke before he can land a signature move. All six men fight in the ring for a bit. Animal and 8-Ball, according to Cole, start things off in the ring. DOA and LOD will fight at Over the Edge. Puke and Chains tag in with Puke making an impressive debut by taking down Chains a few times and locking him in an arm hold. Puke tags in Hawk, who keeps the hold going. A ball guy tags in, and we're lost. DOA keep Hawk in the ring and take turns beating on him. After a while, he tags in Puke, and all six men fight in the ring. It clears out, leaving Puke and Chains. Puke hits a reverse... A f- puke hits a flying reverse elbow to Chains' heart. The rookie hits a flying clothesline on Chains. Yes, here we go. And he's got Chains down. A bit of serious ch- stance. I hate anybody that hits that move ever. I hope you get to say, but no. He hits the uh, flying clothesline. Does our draws. Puke now has got him up. What's he going to do with him? Sit out powerbomb. One, two, three. Draws gets the win. Well, the next match is Owen Hart versus Dan the Mustache Severin. Look, like nine seconds into this one, Severin locks Hart in a submission hold, trying to hyperextend Hart's elbow, according to Carl. Well, Severin is dominating this one early, landing a cradle cover on Hart, who breaks out by punching Severin in the head a few times. The two roll out the ring, with Hart continues to punch Severin in the head on the mat outside the ring. They return to the ring, and quickly Severin turns things around by beating on Hart in the corner. The ref brought Seven to back out the corner, and Seven doesn't like that. He argues with the ref, giving Owen time and a set of diverted ref eyes so he can kick Severin right in the balls. Owen's strategy seems to be punching Seven in the head a lot. Seven rolls over and slaps Owen in the head a few times. He locks Owen in that arm submission hold again. And just as it looks like Owen is going to tap, the Nation of Domination runs out and attacks, disqualifying Owen. Severin fights back, dropping D'Lo Brown and Carmen Mustafa, but soon enough. Well, the, <coughs> the nation put Severin ankle, Severin's, Severin's ankle into a chair, and Owen climbs to the top ropes, determined to break Severin's ankle and sideline him. Uh, sideline him like the nation did to Ken Shamrock. Four referees run out and stop Owen from jumping by forcing him off the ropes. One ref removes the chair, throws it out of the ring. Ref settle things down. Backstage, this. And it's Vincent Mann in a police car. <laughs> never get away with this a bitch. see how angry McMahon is in the back he's furious the jackal makes his return <laughs> to Raw this week 
with some buddies from the Howard Stern show, Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf and Crackhead Bob. JR says he's only familiar with them from hearing them on the Howard Stern show occasionally, but he's not sure why they're here and with the Jekyll. Jekyll says they've put up with enough. Well, Jekyll says, these two human oddities I've rented from the Howard Stern radio show. Nice to see that Jackal is treating them with respect. Jackal says that Hank was recently mockingly voted most beautiful person in the world in an online poll from People magazine. He asked Hank how the vote made him feel. Well, it bleeping made me feel great, but bleep people using my name on the online now, and it screwed up two of my bleeping best friends' lives. Jackal cuts him off. Also, those bleeps are the word fuck, just in case you were wondering. Jackal said he doesn't want to ignore his friend Bob, who people have called Crackhead Bob because his life is ruined because of his addiction to crack. Jackal's here to make sure Crackhead Bob knows these people are just fueling his addiction. Bob is also wearing this t-shirt. But first off, let's hear what the angry dwarf says. We know what he says. So Jackal asks Bob to say that he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. And Bob says... I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jackal says that he's going to bring out a parade of human oddities right now. The first up is the prom queen of WF, Prince Luna. Next up is a man whose physical deformity has made him a social outcast, Golga. Tonight, Jackal says Golga is going to speak to the crowd in the only language they understand, violence. The last member of the parade is the largest man walking the planet, according to Jackal. We don't get this guy's name. The headbangers come to the ring as Thrasher is set for singles action against someone. But who in this, the weirdest, most loving family... <coughs> but who in this, in this, the weirdest, most loving family in professional wrestling? I guess they're a bunch of uh, oddities, I would say. But first, however, Mosh wants to taunt Hawk. Uh, not Hawk, Hank. Well, it is Thrasher with Mosh versus Golga, the Jackal... Luna, the largest man in the world, Crackhead Bob, and Hank, the angry, drunken dwarf. Shall we watch this? Oh, my God. Hank might lay the smack down in a minute on Mosh. Not sure large man is. I know who Golga is, who's just started attacking Thrasher. Doesn't he turn into Gunga? Now, uh, Golga is John Tenta, a.k.a. Earthquake. Ah. So he's come back and been put in his <laughs> costume. Who would have thought that would be an Earthquake, eh? That's why he's wearing a mask, because <laughs> yeah. he fucked up as a shockmaster. <laughs> No, Shockmaster was oh, um, Shockmaster's Tugboat. Tugboat, yeah, sorry, yeah. Avalanche, was it? Fuck knows. Earthquake, Typhoon. Typhoon, yeah, that's it. And Frash with a dropkick on Golga. And the Jackal Jonah commentary with Crackhead Bob. Is that a great idea? Definitely fucking not. <laughs> so the last time we saw Jackal was with the Truth Commission, and now he's got the oddities. Michael Cole can't really keep a straight face at the moment. Golga, just sitting on him, and... Um, I mean, that, that guy in the ringside is so tall... His head nearly reaches the top rope. Or Thrasher managing to kick out. Ah. Doesn't he start wearing an Eric Cartman t-shirt? Yeah. He appeared in a Rumble as well, didn't he? Yeah, for 99 Rumble. Sunset flip attempt by Mosher. Mosher? Thrasher? <laughs> Sunset flip attempt by Thrasher, but he just gets sat on by Golga. Golga, well, he's not glaring. We see the big man staring on this distance. Oh, big man. So, well, you know... The thing is about the attitude here is that it's not, weren't all fucking roses. Do you know what I mean? We did have some uh, oddities, oddities going around, some stuff to work out. <coughs> On WCW, we've got masked luchadors 
And on WWF, we've got Golga. I think, yeah, Nitro's winning the, ma- winning the night at the moment. Yeah, we saw the Austin McMahon thing, but we also saw Luger joining the Wolfpack, didn't we? So that was pretty impressive. Yeah. And we know we've got a good match coming up with Benoit versus Booker T. So, you know, what can Raw actually do to keep our interest at this moment in time? I'll be switching over to Nitro right now. I'll be like, what's on? Oh, Golga's got Fasha. Oh, a running power slam. Free for the victory. And these oddities. And the Mosh comes in to try and attack Golga. Uh-oh. Big mistake as the largest man in the world comes in the ring. Oh, my God. He's got some fucking hands on him. He has. He just said, but the referee. Wow. To break, Tennessee Lee introduces Jeff Jarrett. That's right. It's J E double F J A R. Oh, fuck me. J A double R E double T. And ain't he great? Well, he's out to fight Vader. And as soon as Vader gets in the ring, JR starts yelling that something's going on in the locker room. The show goes to a commercial. Well, after the break, JR says there's some sort of inter- uh, altercation going on between Stone Cold and McMahon. JR says, rumour has it. Rumour has it. That the man and his buddies will be released if they agree to some rules set by Stone Cold. We find out what's going on after this match, JR says. But meanwhile, Vader is dominating this one. Two times Vader has covered. Jarrett, for what would have been three counts, but both times Lee distracted the ref. Vader also hit a big powerbomb. After another Tennessee Lee distraction, Vader stares him down on Jarrett. Jarrett chops block Vader from behind and goes right to work on Vader's right leg. Vader turns thing around and splashes Jarrett from the second rope. Well, instead of covering, Vader taunts a bit. Kane runs down a ramp and attacks Vader in the ring, disqualifying Jarrett. Paul Bearer waddles after his son. Kane is really taking it to Vader, landing some huge clotheslines on the Mastodon. Kane scoops, lands Vader and clotheslines him over the top rope. Outside of the ring, Kane's fro- Kane throws Vader into seal steps. A bunch of refs run out and it's Bearer who calms Kane down and walks him up the ramp. As they pass the camera, Bearer turns to the camera and says, That's all we need. Well, backstage, the cops are helping McMahon out of the cop car and Briscoe and Patterson are already out of it. But McMahon is not happy here. And look at the eyes of McMahon. Look at the eyes of the rattlesnake. Now, that look there, fucking hell. Well, Austin is there to do it. And McMahon says he is. And he says, I apologise to the former WF champion. Austin says that's not good enough and tells the cops to take McMahon to jail. McMahon does this. Well, he backpedals and says, let me try again. This time he says he apologises and Stone Cold tells the cops to let him go. Austin always pats McMahon's hair and says he's a good kid. What's that, the cuff McMahon? Well, McMahon turns pure evil, apparently, if you've just seen... With that look, just said, let me just try and get another... Evil. The first hour of Raw ends. That needs to be one of the pictures of... <laughs> yeah, I think so. Pictures worth a thousand words there with that, with Vincent Mann. So that's the end of the first hour. Then uh, we get the Warzone titles. Jerry King Lawler replaces Cole on the broadcast team. And McMahon, Patsy the Briscoe walk out after an over, out to an overwhelming sea of booze. Mm. McMahon is completely dishevelled and looks like he has no will to live anymore. Well, McMahon says, well, I hope you had some fun here tonight, Austin. I hope you're real proud of yourself for what you've accomplished. How dare you have me arrested in public like a common criminal and pour, dip and pour beer down the back of my neck and then place conditions on my release. On my, on my release. A condition of apology, which I did not mean. 
of a condition that someone should volunteer to stand guard while I officiate the pay-per-view, while I officiate the match at the pay-per-view this Sunday, to ensure I call the match fair and square. I accept that condition too, and I'll tell you why. Because other than Godzilla recently being released, there isn't one WWF superstar on the roster that can intimidate me. Not one. There isn't one WWF superstar that will stop me from what I'm going to do this Sunday. Not one. So, Austin, I hope you had your fun. Fun is going to come to an end. Not just this Sunday, but right here tonight. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin, I am ordering you to compete one-on-one here tonight in this very ring with The Undertaker. Oh, my God. So, tonight's main event. With The Undertaker. Oh, my. So, huge news. The main event of six days before Over the Edge. We're going to see Yantek versus Austin in the main event here tonight. Mike, I wonder what else Raw will have in store. But man now, with a smile on his face, he thinks that's payback. No, James hasn't got a smile on his face. He is smirking. Well, after a break, it's time for scenes from another DX secret mission. This one is from a clandestine airport somewhere in North America. According to a graphic plot on the screen, Hunter Hearst Helmsley tells the rest of DX that this mission is the most dangerous yet, and only one person can do it. Apparently involved flying a plane and Rodolph thinks he's going to get to do the mission because he's a veteran and he wears goggles. Triple H says he's doing the mission but he doesn't know if he'll make it and get to see the rest of DX again and they all hug. The show cuts back to the arena and JR says Helmsley is scheduled to take on the Rock later tonight. So presumably he doesn't die. Spoiler alert. So we're going to get the Rock versus Triple H <coughs> and the Undertaker versus Stone Cold tonight. A man in a cowboy hat with a bandana t- jumps the railings, grabs King and demands to know where he is. The man turns out to be Al Snow, and the he is Vince McMahon, who Al is trying to get a meeting with to earn a spot in a WWF or something. Anyway, it looks like Al, or more correctly, Al's mannequin head, head has, has a fan already. Well, some security guards pull Snow away from King, but more importantly, does that fan side re-download this baby? And if so, what does that mean, 1998? Next match is WF Light Heavyweight Champion Takamichi Noku versus Dick Togo. Oh, for fuck's sake. Versus Dick Togo with Yamaguchi-san, but it's not for the title. Togo? Dick. Well, Dick. Dick. <laughs> Dick <laughs> penis. <laughs> fuck well, up. penis to go. <laughs> well, Dick to go. <laughs> not Dick to go. It's Dick Togo. Well, Dick Togo. Well, Togo is a member of Kai and Tai. The group that recently arrived in the WWF and immediately started attacking Taka. <laughs> attacking Taka? Attacking Taka. It figures Taka would be looking forward to getting in the ring with just one member of Kai and Tai. And he jumps out to an early advantage on Togo. Taka climbs to the top rope and goes for a high fly move. But Togo jumps in, jumps and hits him with a drop kick before Taka can land. Taka rolls out the ring, climbs to the ring apron, and to go rams into Taka, sending him. And Dick rams into Taka. <laughs> Dick rams into Dick rams into Taka, sending him to jump off the apron onto the crowd barrier. To go climbs the ring apron and flips off onto Taka. Dick <laughs> climbs onto the ring apron and flips off. Yamaguchi-san distracts the ref. Dick low blows Taka. Taka low blows Dick. <laughs> Yamaguchi-san distracts the ref. Togo low-blows Taka and follows that up with a martial arts kick to the head. Togo covers, but Taka kicks out. Uh. 
Togo is in complete control, landing a moonsault off the middle rope. Again, he covers, and again, Taka kicks out. Oh. Togo whips Taka against the ropes, tosses him up in the air, and Taka counters with a Hurricane Rana into a cover to steal the victory. Well, Yamaguchi-san gets in the ring behind Taka, but he turns around and ga- grabs Yamaguchi-san by the necktie and gives him a look that says, whatever the Japanese equivalent is for, why are you all a cream, yeah? Before he can, the rest of Karantai run out and attack Taka. Attack Taka. Attack Taka. Taka Taka under Taka. Taka Jack in the Lumber Chaka match. Before he can, the rest of Karantai run out and attack Taka. JR says Bradshaw, who has teamed up with Taka in recent weeks to take on Karantai, is not in the arena tonight. Karantai beat on Taka for a bit and leave through the crowd. Well, back at the airport, DX is starting to get nervous that Helmsy hasn't returned from his mission. Badass Billy Gunn says something, and X-Pac calls him Rockabilly, and then everyone laughs. Uh-huh. What character Rockabilly was? Remember how fans were subject to that bullshit for months? <laughs> what idiots we are. Well, Mark Mero and Sable make their way to the ring, and Mero is holding a piece of paper. And yes, their contract, which says Sable is Mero's piece of property, or whatever their agreement is, they wouldn't still be together if Mero didn't legally own her. Last week, Sable ended up costing Mero the match, and Sable didn't seem to care all too much about it. Sable very roughly rips off Mero's jacket. Well, Mark Mero with Sable versus Farouk. Mero hides behind Sable, and Farouk turns around because he can't hit Sable. Mero tosses Sable aside and attacks Farouk to start this one up. His advantage doesn't last long as Farouk power slams Mero and tosses him out of the ring. Mero hides behind Sable again, this time out of the ring, and reaches around her to punch Farouk. They get back in the ring and Mero keeps it going with Anita Farouk's face and a DDT. Gets on the apron to yell something at Mero, so he turns to yell at her. Well, Mero turns around and walks into a vicious clothesline. Farouk covers for the win and leaves the ring immediately. Sable points at Farouk, shrugs and mouths he's good to Mero. Mero gets on the mic and says since Sable likes to play games, he'll give her one. (laughs) She has to find a superstar in the WWF who can beat Mero without her help. If that superstar wins cleanly, he'll rip up that contract. If Mero wins, however, Sable must leave the WF. Sable agrees to the match and says she'll see Mero on Sunday. It's time for another DX update, and this time it cuts. This time it's clips of a plane flying, cut with clips of a guy in, in a helmet f- flying inside the plane with Triple H's voiceover, saying he's in the cockpit with his hand on his joystick. He's flying over WCW to leave this message. Right, so, this is what he's talking about. So, you know, history is, the the past gets rewritten by the winner of certain things. And of course, with WWE, you know, they, they tell us the story now. WWE was focused on about putting WWF out of business and focused on them. But we can see from the kind of video clips that don't get talked about. You know, we knew about the invasion of DX did to WWE, but we don't know about the bad ones. Do you know what I mean? Like we just saw there. With the kind of fake... Do you think that was any good or not? No, that was absolutely terrible. Yeah. So, and it know, looked fake as fuck. Exactly. And the fake thing about Triple H versus um, that Rock later tonight and Raw with a Nitro site. It's like WWE is focused on it. So, you know, people have a go at WWE, but they should watch the product and see what uh, WWF have to offer. But one thing I want to point out now, we're going to do a comparison before we watch either of them, right? First time we're ever going to do this. So... Uh, we've got about 20 minutes, maybe half hour left on Monday Night Raw. The next two matches, right? Rock versus Triple H, and then it's The Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. So we're going to make a choice whether it's that 
Or if you go over to Nitro and watch it, then the last two matches we've got there is Benoit versus Booker T. And then, of course, the main event is... is oh, NWO Hollywood versus Sting. NWO Hollywood, which is the Giant and NWO Sting versus the Sting and Lex Luger. So out of those two, what would pique your interest more? <clears throat> what would pique my interest? Yeah, I mean, we've still got about the same time for both. both. I mean, what would you say? <coughs> If you had to choose between the two, um, I don't know. Cause <laughs> I know I know the main event would be Austin versus Undertaker. Yeah, but it is a quite a toss up because whereas you know it's the best of seven for Booker T, it's you know it's the best of seven Benoit, so you're going to get six other matches. Yeah, yeah. So it'd probably be Raw. It's fair enough. So we'll watch the end of Raw and then we'll come back to Nitro and see how it is. Well, what's the Rock think about Viagra? So you can't comment on Vagra. I mean, what do you know about Vagra, Dan? Never used it. No. Never needed it. Yeah, I, I, I used it once. I swallowed it and it got caught. I had stiff neck for hours. It was, it was awful. Well, I did with eye drops to make me look hard. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> 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 so this is The Rock saying he wants a piece of the Triple H's candy ass. Rock's so cool on the microphone as well. He's really grown into his as a performer, isn't he, you know? You see his evolution here now. Titties on that little girl. And the DX. <laughs> Delete that last bit because uh, it was nastiness. And Triple H coming out here now. Led, of course, leading the DX charge and the revolution. It's going to be leader versus uh, ruler tonight. We've seen the Rock and Triple H before, but not many times Rock getting booed, Triple H getting cheered like this. I mean, Triple H has been a hill throughout his uh, basically entire run. Now it's the first time he's getting cheers. So who would you rather have in your corner, Mark Henry or the ninth wonder of the world, China? You've got the world's strongest man and you've also got Mark Henry there, Dan, so it's a difficult choice, you see. But I think I'd have to go for China. But here comes Triple H. And he's ready for action here. Would you rather have one night in China or one night in Mark? Look, one's a hall of pain inductee, right? And the other one is Mark Henry. So it's going to be very different. And of course, we're walking, walking. We're working towards our pay for you over the edge that we're going to watch on this very podcast. And like we say, Austin versus Dude Love, no disqualification. But right now, it's champion versus champion, European champion, Intercontinental champion, leader versus ruler, Triple H versus The Rock. This is a past future. Triple H looks a bit like Shawn Michaels at the moment. Oh, a bit weird, isn't it? Growing out his beard a little bit, look cocky, got the hair. If he didn't have such a high definition television, <laughs> I swear he was going against Shawn Michaels. And the Rock's going to start things off, and the Rock's in great shape as well. You can't say these two guys aren't in great shape. You probably say Rock's probably looking a little bit better. I mean, Triple H, he would be huge in a couple of years' time, you know, as in muscle mass. I'm not saying that he did, I cannot confirm or deny, Dan, as you say, <laughs> that he has or has not. They can perform enhancing uh, substances, but it would look China it. definitely has. China, China did, yeah. One of, the <coughs> thing, one of the things I love about this, though, and something that WWE should still do to this day, is kind of have these connections throughout their kind of run in WWE. Because, like, The Rock and Triple H, when The Rock first debuted, Triple H was old in a Survivor Series matchup. Then the Intercontinental Champion, when, you know, Rocky Maivia was a rookie. Now with a nation, it's the Intercontinental title on the line. It's kind of that. No, it's not no title. There's no title, but like I say, it's the kind of that mid-card championship. Well, it's Intercontinental Champion versus European Champion. Yeah, exactly. So it's the kind of lower uh, 
you know, mid mid card, top mid card. Then the following year, ninety nine, it would be arguing about who could be number one contender to it. Then the following year, they're fighting over actually the WWF Championship. So do you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing. I think it's brilliant yeah. that at least two men definitely had. Then you in know. successive years, they win the Royal Rumbles. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, there's so That's much. 2000 and 2002, isn't it? Yeah, connecting these two. And Triple H tells The Rock to suck it. And The Rock was talking earlier as well. But this is the thing, you know. You get people giving monster pushes. I mean, how long have these guys been around? Two, three years? Yeah. And, you know, neither of them have even got an opportunity at the Heavyweight Championship. Neither of them have main evented a WrestleMania yet. Exactly. I know they go on to a main event, plenty of WrestleManias in the future, but building them up slow, unlike Roman Reigns, who's been pushed right under, under you know, right in front of us, and he's hated. But these two guys, you know, we know The Rock's hated, we know Triple H was hated before, he's starting to get over, and after a little while, the over. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is also to um, have enough space on the card so that they can blossom, and like with those problems, having too many of the same guys the same spot over and over again and then not letting the undercard talent come through. It's like, but you would argue Booker T and Benoit are the same level, if not more, maybe a bit more personality with Triple H and The Rock. But if you consider those two people, do you know what I mean? You'd be like, right, in two years' time, these guys should be involved in the kind of main event scene. And what happened was, well, Trif- Rock and Triple H were, and Benoit and Booker T eventually came over to the WWE anyway, you know? So this yeah. is kind of where WWE went wrong and what they're doing wrong now. This is kind of a perfect example of what, was right here, you know. Well, in three years' time, Booker T would become a five-time WCW champion. He would become, yeah. That's, that's true in WCW, but like I said, WCW in 2000 compared to what WWE was were a completely different animals to what we got right now, you know. Oh, most the, definitely. The decline of uh, WCW saying it's going to be as with the rise of the attitude era. Like I said, we were just getting started here with it. And how many times has the Rock and Triple H faced each other as well? And it's still kind of fresh and exciting when you do see it, it means that the feud and the story actually means something. But again, you know, they're, fa- they're, they're facing off at similar points in their careers, but, you know, on their elevation path. As you say, bef- as you said before, you know, we've seen them when they was rookies. You've seen them briefly before. And now you're seeing them, you know, in their subsequent stables. And they're going against, you know, they're the leader of DX, they're the leader of the nation. And, you know, it's kind of... Coming together in like a, in a fruition. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's a per- if anybody planned it, it is perfect the way it worked. China was strapped to referee, which allowed The Rock to hit Triple H with the icy top, which Mark Henry threw in to... Oh! But China pulls The Rock off and then drags him off a Triple H. And Mark Henry saying, come on now. If you go to another break, we're back. But you see, The Rock's got the other hand on Triple H. But DX aren't coming out to ruin the match. No, 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 no. And even the nation aren't, you know what I mean? Yeah, you've got Mark Henry there, but it's just one manager as opposed to too many things yeah. going on at the time. Rock now with a people's elbow going for the cover. Oh, and Triple H just managing to kick out. Ah. Well, Jay, I just said there's going to be no more commercials for the rest of the night. So it means you've got to stick with Raw. <laughs> and Triple H now working out the corner on the Rock. And a nice knee by Triple H. The clothesline, they did work well together as well. You know, like you said, they're not, probably not the, uh, say the Rock's not the greatest wrestler, but the kind of chemistry that they had. And now Triple H telling Mark Henry to suck it. Drawing Mark Henry up onto the apron. And then China hits the Rock with the European belt. So each man has been hit with a title belt. 
while their own man has distracted the referee. And now Triple H realises it, going for the cover. Well, the Rock managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. One thing I'm not too sure about, though, is all these kids in the crowd sticking up their middle fingers. Yeah, I know. It's the thing. Well, look at the way women are treated and the kind of language being used as well. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm no fucking prude when it comes to swearing and stuff, but you wouldn't do it in front of children, you know? So kind of what are they looking for here? It's not a family-friendly show now, is it? So you get all the kids going. So like you said, that group of children that were around the announcers last week were seeing all sorts of stuff that was going on. Yeah. It's all Valvina, a porn star debut, basically. That's what we saw last week. But, you know, someone saying it's okay to marry a woman as long as you've got a signed contract. Yeah, exactly. Well, Triple H working over the rock in the corner. It's the first time he's been on top for a little while. All thanks to that title shot. Well, yeah, China's normally on top. Mark Henry trying to encourage the rock to get into it. Triple H always rips the rock. Oh, but with a swing and neck break of Triple H and both men are down. Rock rolls into a cover. Oh, but Triple H managing to kick out. Ah, and another weird thing about it, though, you know, we talk about old WWE at this time using young talent. But if you look at those four that they're promoting here tonight, so we've got Rock and Triple H, Young Taker and Austin. Those four, not only like legends now remembered, but they kind of cemented what the Attitude Era was. Do you know what I mean? Those kind of four. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Chucking maybe Mankind, you know, all Triple H going over the top. Oh, landing on the outside, getting eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Oh, now Mark Henry put the boots and China's not going to be happy. She picks herself up an equaliser. And she's not going after Mark Henry, though, is she? Oh, she is. She's just going around the back of him. She can't get past him. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, and that crack sounded like a gun going off. And Mark Henry... I think hurt by that and China's saying come on do you want a piece of me come take me in the back and fuck me up the bum oh 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 then Triple H running from behind shoving Mark Henry into the ring post and the rock out there with the right hands Triple H sends him into barricade it's actually been a really good match between these two it has yeah and again interference is good if it's used right yeah exactly oh oh no Triple H sends rock into the uh Still, Still ring pace. Both of these guys have been counted out. Double DQ. Yeah, double count out. So they leave it open there. But that's a better way, I suppose, then. That is, yeah. Lots of people coming out, interfering. We were going to get a winner if it goes longer. Triple, H, Triple H, H, yeah. He set up a chair in the ring saying, look, you want some? Come get some. And The Rock saying, no, I'm going to live to fight another day. Fuck Mark Henry, you can stay there. <laughs> yes, yeah, suck it. And the Rock's got to see uh, Rock faces Farouk this Sunday over the edge. And, and talking of Farouk, he comes from behind <laughs> and attacks the Rock as he was making his way out the arena. It's not been a good night. Oh, no, Farouk. Stop it. No! Oh! A seated pile driver on the Rock on the steel entranceway. <laughs> and Triple H is loving it. <laughs> and the Rock bounced off of that. That was brilliant. Well, that was pure steel there. It might be serious trouble. <laughs> Triple H celebrating. So that's how you do that right then, I suppose. Most keep, definitely, yeah. Keep us wanting more with Triple H and The Rock. Still bringing Farouk into it. Obviously, there's a story to be told. It's no Farouk. It's not going to be a long-term thing, is it? But it's no, good it's to It's just a way of getting The Rock over. Yeah. And Farouk's still looking dangerous. <laughs> Most definitely. Talk about dangerous. Talk about toughest. The world's toughest SOB, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Backstage. Penny for your fault, Steve. 
I'll give you a quid for what's going on in his head. He's got to face the Undertaker here tonight. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> and Vince McMahon. Coming out in a vest. Oh, my God. Your special guest referee, Vince McMahon, tonight. Is this a... Cons- what's going on between the Undertaker, Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin? Wow. Largest arms in the world, Jack. He is ripped. 24-inch pythons. And Bischoff wanted a piece of him. <laughs> he comes a dead man. He's had problems of his own, hasn't he, recently, to be fair. He has indeed. The lights go out. The bells toll. And Paul Bear put his sausage in the Undertaker's mum. And he slipped his salami to Mrs. Undertaker. And the Undertaker's not happy about that. He's not happy. What? He thinks Paul Bear is a motherfucker. <laughs> and in fact, he's right about that. And the fireflies are out, but not mobile phone cameras. These are actual lighters, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And the smoke enters the arena. That's due to the lighters setting the seats on fire. But it's an eerie fear when the Undertaker walks into the arena. There's a coldness that sweeps through you. And the dead man's here. And he wants retribution. He maybe wants a chance to move past Kane. Become WF champion at some point. Well, if he dethrones the current champion... He certainly stands in good stead to be number one contender after Mankind or Austin win or retain the title. Oh, well, McMahon's you know, stack the odds against Stone Cold. It's no surprise, really. And he doesn't want Austin walking out over the edge as WF champion. Tonight he wants to get him beaten up. So it's easy for Dude Love. There's, you know, like we said, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, McFoley, whatever you want to call him. We know how tough he is. And Austin got to go through maybe a war tonight. Can I, just say, that Sunday. can I just say, though, if WWE or WWF fans don't like the result, they don't throw their drinks into the ring. No, I, you know, I fucking hate the fact they throw shit and into the ring. I, and I think the WCW crowd is more adult, whereas this is, you know, it's a mixture of adults and kids. I know there's a lot of adults in the crowd. A few kids splattered in there as well. Yeah. You know, I think it's more of a mature audience mentally and physically. Yeah, but I still think there could be a bit of trouble at Nitro. You know, we've seen that before. Haven't oh, we? yeah. People getting involved. I don't think it's as organised as a WWE event. You could argue because Nitro hold, holding it in big arenas at this point in time. But as you say, I was shocked when I first saw that like, kind of drinks get thrown in or people jumping in. You never saw that on the WF television unless it was intentional. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I think the security well, like triple, uh, like Vince McMahon jumping the barricade. Exactly. Yeah. And then when they got the proper barricades going around the ring at some point as well, just more professional look. But like I said, the crowd is definitely different at this point. But the Undertaker's out here and Vincent Mann is happy about that. But another noticeable difference, less shirts. Less, like, you know, wrestling-themed shirts. Yeah. They, you would expect to be like a Sea of Austin 316, but it's not really. There's a couple of there, yeah. a couple of DX. And apart from that, it's just, yeah, like I said, normal clothing. But that's why, again, WWE got so strong because then people started buying the merchandise. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. like, Having the stuff available. And we've got Undertaker squaring up to Vince McMahon. The Undertaker's got Vince McMahon. Undertaker choke slamming Vince McMahon straight to hell. Well, the Undertaker can do what he wants, when he wants. Now he's signalling for the end. Well, the Undertaker doesn't have been told what to do. Oh my God, Vince. Is in serious trouble? Now Kane's made his way out to the ring to face Taker. Oh, both of his own fighting the crowd really into it, and Kane, Taker, Taker down. 
Nice rip reversed. Undertaker hits Kane with a big boot. Eliminates him from the rumble, but Kane lands on his feet. The Undertaker goes back to grab Kane. Kane pulls him out. And now both men are going at it on the outside of the ring. <laughs> Wonder what's going through Austin's head now. Well, we've not seen Austin yet. Look at Paul Bearer. Oh, my God. Kane goes into the crowd. Like I said, security there blocking most of them off. And Kane, the Undertaker, brawling to the back. And McMahon is still down and Patterson and Briscoe make sure that Vincent Mann's still alive. Well, at least it can't get any worse for Vincent Mann. Well, you spoke too <laughs> soon, James, because the glass shatters and Austin makes his way to the ring. <laughs> oh, boy. And he's got a, a steely look in his eyes. Well, Austin, with the with title in hand, and he's going straight after Briscoe. Stunners him. Bang. <laughs> Stunner to Patterson. Vincent Mann. I'm sure there's one more stunner left in there. Oh no, Vince Man getting tied up on the ropes. Oh no. Austin Scott in the West. Austin going now. Oh fucking hell. Oh Bubba. Well, he's got the chair and the fans. <laughs> They're on their feet. They're ecstatic. He's going for it now. Gonna hit the target. Oh fuck me. Dude Love comes in. With a steel chair of his own, Austin into Dude Love's face. Vince McMahon escapes thanks to his stooges. Fucking hell. So we didn't see the Untaken Austin match, but I thought what we saw kind of made up for it in a weird little way. Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love to see Vince McMahon getting choke slammed and nearly stunned? Who doesn't love to see two stunners, you know what I mean? And in such quick succession. <laughs> People need to learn how to take the stunner, though. Do, and dude Lovelow doesn't need to learn how to take a chair. Most definitely not. He takes one perfectly. <laughs> it's good. And Austin swang for the fences with that one as well. Oh. Well, let's hope the match over the edge is as good as all this build-up, and thankfully it is. And there you go, that is the end of Raw, and that was really enjoyable, that wasn't it, really? Well, it's good when I've got a smile on my face when it's finished. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see if Nitro does the same. Well, oh so we've got up next the first match of the best of seven series, and that's Benoit versus Booker T. We go straight to the action. Booker T inviting Benoit in. We're gonna get this started. So there we go. We are back to uh, Monday night now, and we've got NWO Sting and the Giant versus Sting and Lex Luger. What will happen there? <clears throat> so these two men, you can see there's a lot of animosity between these two. Again, you know this is a rivalry that's going well, and it's. Not for a title anymore, it's for personal. I know it's eventually to go for a title, but, you know, this is personal between these two. I think the more personal nature of, I think it's more important to them who wins the best of seven as opposed to if they're going to win the title afterwards, you know, yeah. like you said. Uh, and I think, like, you talked about the potential earlier with, like, Triple H and Rock, Benoit Booker T. I think it definitely got this here and now, you know, like I said, they've got the next level type thing where they move on for the following years so and then they can feud over their US title. And then eventually the world title, and you'd be like, well, yeah, they've hated each other for so long, and on that kind of same level as well, working up. I do think when we switch back from Nitro to Raw, Raw to Nitro, one thing I know is I think the picture's better on Nitro. You know, I don't, I'm going to yeah. say that. I think it does look clearer as Booker goes after Benoit. Irish rips him, then a high back body drop. Oh, comes in with a flying elbow, and Chris Benoit gets out the ring. 
Trying to give himself a bit of breathing room. Well, Booker started quickly trying to end it. Benoit's just going to take his time. And it's, it's a long playoff, isn't it? It's a long game. It's the best of seven series, so you've got time. You know, you can make mistakes in this. It's not going to be over, even if you do lose the first match. But it's all about getting momentum, really, in these types of matches, isn't it? Yeah. What's up, my love? Didn't John Cena and Booker T have a best of seven? Yeah, and Randy Orton had to finish it for him, didn't he? So, like I said, you know, it is important. It don't do many of these matches. And I think it's a shame, really. I think if you have got a good rivalry, something like that maybe would make a lot of sense. Especially with maybe AJ Nakamura that happened. Do you know what I mean? That series of matches... You could have made a best of seven at that and maybe made more sense. But Booker versus Benoit. Oh, Benoit switching it round, catching from behind. Booker two with a roll up though, but Benoit managed to get his shoulder up at two. Two. And oh. again, Benoit escaping the ring, giving himself a bit of breather, trying to slow this match down again. Well, yeah, exactly. Benoit going to try and catch his breath. Booker T now with the Irish whip. Oh, but Benoit holding on to the top rope, kicking Booker T a couple of times in the midsection. Oh, hangs Booker up on a top rope. And Benoit turn off of a kick to the chest of Booker. And that's Booker's turn to kind of slink to the outside and try and slow this match down. Try and get his head back in the game. Because it is all about the game and how you play it. The thing is, we really know so much about each other. Plus, the thing is, as well, we know so much more. So, you're going to see different reversals each other's going to know the other's moves so to speak so hopefully you can see different variations of stuff like you know like how many times has Booker blocked a German suplex now because he knows what that's what Benoit does the same with Booker T and the kind of pin attempts and his kicks as well you know it's got to be dangerous yeah but it's you know it's good to see how this this rivalry has evolved it was back when Booker T was part of Harlem Heat with his brother Stevie Ray Stevie Ray wanted to beat Benoit down, but, you know, Booker T had a lot more respect for Benoit. And you can tell these guys respect each other, and I'm sure at the end of this best of seven series, whoever the victor is, there's going to be a handshake at the end of it. Well, you would hope so, you know, like they are two great athletes. But they want to know professionally who's better, you know, that's what you do at the end of the day. It's not about being number two, they want to be number one. Two! They've got a big job on their hands. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's not fair. No the hairs on the dark he's down. <laughs> no the hairs, Booker T's bum. <laughs> yeah. And Booker now trying to fight out of Mark Tardis. And Booker T now trying to fight out of the sleeper. Everybody to the midsection gets out. Oh, Booker T rolls through, rolls up Benoit. Oh, but Benoit managing to kick out. Oh. A chop there by Benoit. Goes for the cover, but only getting a two count. Two. Oh, Booker. Getting sent down by Benoit. Not letting him breathe. He's like a sleeper. Will that fight Booker T? All the strength he has to uh, expend. He's not expendable. Booker T there trying to make his way back to his feet. Benoit not allowing him any time to recover. I don't think there's many better choppers in the game than Benoit. No, there's not many good choppers. German suplexes and, of course... Killers of wife and kids. Yeah, thank you very much, yeah. What he done to Daniel Puder. Yeah. No, well, what he done to Daniel <laughs> was better. <laughs> Daniel Benoit, yeah. He, yeah, he absolutely yeah, yeah, rinsed yeah, him. Yeah, but Daniel Puder. What, the rumble with uh, Ed Guerrero? And Bob Holly. Yeah. yeah. Turned out to be nice guys, didn't they? They all got what they deserved. Fucking hell. That was Crash, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Crash for I got fired for being a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Crash. You're not missing anything at the moment because Benoit's still slowing the pace down with the rear chin lock, side headlock, sleeper hold applied. Booker getting out of it, sends Benoit to the corner. Ramming his shoulder into the midsection of Benoit. Irish whip reversal. Oh, but Benoit runs into Booker T's boot. Oh, but Booker runs into Benoit's backbreaker. Goes, Goes for the cover. cover. Booker oh. T managing to kick out. Uh, Mortis, the real innovator. And Benoit's going to signal for the end now. Did you say he's innovative? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I said innovator. I can say innovator. I can't say innovative. Or specific. Specific. Yeah. Benoit going up to the top. And he's Ooh. going to look for his diving headbutt. Missed. Oh. Booker somehow avoiding it. Uh-oh. And Finley out here to see who he's going to be facing next. And weird, he's got, to, but he's had to borrow the toothpick from Scott Hall. He only allowed one toothpick backstage. It's a uh, company policy. Yeah, Scott Hall flicked at him. Yeah, and he caught it, stuck it in his mouth. He got back to him later. Booker now going to go spinebuster. It's not a sidewalk slam. Tony needs to go to wrestling school. Roost three sixteen. What about me? And now going to go for Irish whip again. Flapjack. And don't you come back, Spinneroony. That is one of the most devastating moves I've ever seen. And now Booker going to look for the Harlem sidekick. Booker going for again. Benoit dodges. Now German attempt. Yeah. Alex Wright and his big penis. No, don't take the German off me. Booker blocks. Benoit's got him. Oh, Benoit nearly lands on his head, but he manages to get out of it. Show me potato salad. I like potato salad as Booker hits. Scissor kick. How's that a sidewalk slam? If the other thing's a sidewalk slam, Tony. Come on, sort it out, mate. Booker now going up. Now he's going to go Houston hangover. Oh, Benoit rolls out the way, though. And Booker T's got a dead ass. So both men go up, both men miss big off the top. Which way will it go? Oh no! Crossface locked in. Can Booker T escape? Well, he's in the middle of the ring. He tapped out last week. And he taps out this week. Benoit goes 1 and 0 oh in the best of seven series. Is Finley won? Benoit won that one, so he did. It was Kiss Benoit. Well, can it get any better than that? Fireworks! Nitro Girls, <laughs> Michael Buffer, Michelle. Well, we never had an introduction to the third hour, so that was it. And Tony is talking to us, and we can't wait for our main event. So the commentators are talking a lot about the whole where Sting lie. I mean, does he join Wolfpack now? Luger's in it. Does he go to the NWO because the Giants said? Does he have enough? But they call him a WWE legend. But is call w- him the leader of the WCW. Yeah. So is it WCW? I would say it's vital that it stays apart if they want WCW to be taken seriously. Because at the moment, the NWO have a, a point they're taking over the show, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? And yeah, it's a storyline. They could do it either do that way or make it interesting. I don't know what they're going to do. But Luger has joined. The Luger was anti-NWO throughout the time. So what is different with the Wolfpack than it was with the normal NWO? Both faces. What was he doing to the Wolfpack and the NWO? Wolfpack was more faces. What they was don't it? do the bad beatdowns. What were the Wolfpack like goals? Were they just like... To eradicate the NWO black and whites. And then we see a clip of the entire thing from earlier as well. Do they seem to think that 
viewers have really short memories. I, I think they think that viewers might have switched over and, and missed something earlier. That's the only thing I can think of. Because the amount of clips that you do show, it was like you kind of showed it. You're like, oh, God, I better... If that was earlier, then I better stick around. Do you know what I mean? Whereas they don't realise if you've seen it already, it gives you a chance to go over to the other channel just to check in quickly, you know? Yeah. It's, oh, fucking hell. Oh, I've seen it. Because right now, you'll be preparing, you'll be watching probably the end bit of uh, Triple H rock match. Exactly. Fuck me, that's good. Oh, Austin Undertaker next. Yes, please. Yeah, let me stay on to this. Oh, there's no more adverts. All right, we'll stay with this one then. Do you know what I mean? So. That's the thing. I mean, we've seen fake Sting before, so to see him again, it's like, okay, right. The question is, where will Sting go? The dreaded NWA music. Which way is it, though? <laughs> it is black and white. No Michael Buffer tonight, that's good. They heard what I said. NWO <laughs> Sting. An NWO giant. Well, it doesn't look like Sting, does it, you know? No. It's definitely not Steve Borden. No, and I tell you what, the giant comes out here with both tag team titles because he's tag team champion with Sting. So just when we thought they're going to bring back the titles to sort it out, they make it even messier than before. Good. So time. it's gone from because it was the NWO Black and Whites who won it as the Outsiders, yep. and then they lost them to the NWO Black and White. Yeah, exactly. Which is the members not part of it, Sting. And of course, then the Giant, but the Giant joined NWA just out of nowhere as well. Why Luger, Giant, and Sting couldn't have just been Team WSW would have made a whole lot more sense than what they're doing now, if you know what I mean. So, what music is going to be played for the Wolfpack? The Tiny Belts. <laughs> well, I think the Giant's just a big man. So, you've got two separate teams going against each other, but they both got exactly yeah. the same music. They've not come out of the Wolfpack theme yet, but at least they've got new t shirts they can sell. I have indeed, yes. And Luger come out in NWO black and uh, black and red garb, but no sting. Luger seems happy. Maybe he's got a purpose now. To but flex in a different t-shirt. Fireworks go off, I don't know. He's waiting for Stinger. So Luger is NWO now, which is a shock. But it'd be a bigger shock if Sting is. Well, he's coming out to his own music. Will he be wearing a Wolfpack t-shirt, though? Well, sting is his own man. A white face paint and a scorpion on his design. Is that the same as it came back after being in the rafters for so long to challenge Hogan? Well, that's what Connett, that's what Shivani said as well. To go back, will Sting just decide enough's enough again and go away for another year and a half? Sting's very fractured now. He goes after fake Sting. Throws him out of the ring. And now both men square up to the giant. Well, giant says Sting was happy with him. Uh-oh. Well, giant looking for a to take them both out of a clothesline and they duck it and they're starting to work over st- uh, work over the giant and uh, well they've known each other for a long time they're really good friends they're working well now well sending the giant from pillar to post with these big right hands well the big man's yet to go down lot of sting mask in the crowd as well and sting with a clothesline Luger with a clothesline sting with a stinger splash and Luger takes Tish off that mean he's not in W anymore He's left the wolf pack. <laughs> well, the giant goes sent over and fakes things there. Well, can the giant recover? The giant's finally recovered after the early onslaught from well, Sting and Luger. As I was say, he's not going to be happy about this and he's going to send fake Sting in. Just, you know, calm things down. So is this for the tag team titles? No, because fake Sting's not tag team champion. It's actually real Sting. Now, fake Sting going after real Sting. 
Fake Sting goes for a close though. Real Sting ducks it. Oh. Fake Sting hits a spinning back elbow on fake, Real Sting. Fake Sting takes Real Sting's down. Real Sting's back up low, but Fake Sting with a forearm. Real Sting now trying to stop him. Fake Sting eyes for it. Real Sting. Real Sting rides for it to reversal low. Close on by Real Sting on Fake Sting. Giant wants to tag in to Fake Sting, but Real Sting stops him. And Real Sting jumps on the back of Fake Sting. Drops Fake Sting to the mat. Helps him back up. Well, not one time did Real Sting jump on Fake Sting, but it was twice that Real Sting jumped on Fake Sting. Now well, he stamps Sting. on his fingers, not once, on Fake Sting's, Fake Sting's real fingers. But Real Sting tags in Real Lex Luger. Ah, oh, yeah. And Luger in now with SS, FS. Drives him down. Atomic drop and a big clothesline from LL to FS. Oh, my God. He's beating the F out of him with a C. Oh, go on, flex a little bit, Lex. Oh, no. FS draws Luger in, throws him to the outside. And now Giant can take advantage of that. The it's big boot. A... Oh, big, man. big man, big boot. <laughs> oh, fake sting. Sends Luger into the top rope. And in comes the big man, fake stings on the outside. Well, big booze meet the Giant as he comes in and huge chop to the chest of Lex. He won't be able to flex his way out of that one. Irish rip to the corner follows up with a clothesline well Lex might be Jack but he ain't chopping this beanstalk down he's getting choked by him he's in serious trouble this ain't no fairy tale now for Lex Luger and no, Real Sting you, 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 you milked it now you, you, you went one too the giant far. gonna go for the powerbomb no just jumps on his face fake Sting adds insult to injury on Luger and our giant just stands on him, both feet on his chest, all 459 pounds of him. We saw big man the oddities, but I think the giant is bigger. Well, don't call me Shirley, but he's noticeably bigger, James. And now he's going to go elbow drop to Lex Luger. Oh, my God, he crashed into Scophagus. He crushed him. The giant just taking Luger down. Nothing referee could do about this. Nothing Sting can do about this on the outside. A bogus Sting. I was calling him fake. It might be bogus thing. BS. BS. Irish whips. Oh, well, he's going to go for the Stinger Splash. Oh, but Luger dodges out of the way. Tags in Real Sting. Uh-oh. Real Sting takes out Fake Sting. Climbs into the ring. It's kitten with a clothesline. Now going to Irish whip him into the corner. Stinger Splash. Oh, on the back of Fake Sting. And now Scorpion Death Drop. The giant looks on. Can't do anything about this. One, two... Free! Hey, it actually happens, and I think Fake Sting's busted open. Head must hit the turnbuckle, so like Sting takes him down. Giant doesn't want any of real Sting. So what's his name, Fake Sting? Um, don't know. Jeff Farmer. Jeff Farmer? He's a farmer. Jeff Farmer. Was he the original Fake Sting, and then the Sting that came back as well? He was the NWO Sting. Oh, no, he was both the NWO Sting and NWO Sting. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he was both NWO Stings. He was in WCW 95 as Cobra. So the Giant doesn't want any of Sting, and he's taking a fake Sting with him. Poor Jeff Farmer. And Sting looking on. But Luger wants Sting, and uh-oh. Wolfpack is out. Yeah, they're in the house. Nash, Conan, Macho, Henning. Calls the newest member, and he wants Sting to be a part of it. Sting saying... I don't want any of this. Luger too sweet. Who would have thought you'd seen a day when Luger was too sweet in? Conan passed the sight to Nash. And Sting leaving the ring now. Well, Nash offering a t-shirt to Sting. Lift it above his head and Sting. 
Well, he's starting to walk away. There's the Wolf Packs the offer. Luger says good. Oh, no. Conan's ushered him back into the ring. No, I mean, the fans, I don't know if they want it or not. Well, Sting's asking the fans what they think. It may be his best friend that's joined, but Sting, it's not about you. <laughs> Kenning does a chewing gum throw away perfectly. And Sting, he's not, is he? He's considering it. The rock of WCW, the leader, what's he going to do? Well, he catches a T-shirt. Will he put it on? What's he going to do with it? And they wanted to put it on and on. I'm on the edge of my seat, WCW. I cannot wait until next Monday. I want to find out now. (laughs) Tell me. Unfortunately, Dan, we're not going to be finding out until next month when we do the WWE vs. WCW for June. But we leave it there. And like I say, that is it for uh, this week's show. Before we get on to the five-point rating system, we've got a little treat because Nitro ended and we were like, what about Sting? What about Sting? Well, luckily, the WWE Network have added WCW Thunder, so we just uh, got number 18, episode 18 on, which is 28th of uh, May. And we just find out if any fallout. We saw Brett, and he says that he wants to see Sting later on in the night and talk to him. But people wonder why Thunder was a kind of B-show compared to um, Nitro. And I mean... I don't know how, especially when we got matches like Jim Powers versus the Barbarian. Voltage versus British Bulldog. Exactly. I mean, what's wrong with that? Glacier versus Van Hammer. Brad Armstrong versus Fit Finley. Booker T in singles action. I take it that's going against Chris Benoit. Yes, well, exactly. <laughs> the reason we're watching Thunder for, Thunder, Thunder, is because of two reasons, really. First off, there's a Bill Goldberg match later on, so we're going to watch that. And it is the, and we'll get onto that right now, the second match of the best of seven series between Chris Benoit and Booker T. We're going to try and watch every single match, if it is possible, out of the best of seven series. uh, Because we talked about what WWE did right and what was different from the WWE. And I think this sets it apart perfectly. Do you know what I mean? There's a kind of old style feel to this in a way of like it's best of seven, so we know uh, it, it's going to be a kind of uh, well, it's like a wrestling series, and these type of matches don't really happen anymore. We all saw Benoit go one nil up on Nitro thanks to the crossface, so Booker kind of needs to pull it back now, doesn't he? He doesn't want to get Benoit. Um, ben, he doesn't want to let Benoit go too far ahead. You know, if he goes two up or even three up, then it's quite an impossible task, isn't it? Because uh, all Booker the Booker T needs to do then is make a mistake in the next couple of matches. So, I mean, how would you play a best of seven series? If you were one of the rest there, what would be your strategy, so to speak? I'd go for the victories. <laughs> would you just try and get them as quickly, quickly, just try and pile them up? We've never seen a clean sweep on the best of seven series. Of course, that would be 4-0. and oh. But Ben Mars looks in great shape, even though he's not held. <coughs> he's not actually held a uh, singles championship in the United States. He still looks good. Takes Booker down after they trade. Uh, well, he trying to get position in the early go, and then Benoit gets a drop toe hold. Now he's backing Booker up with the chops. Well, Booker T manages to reverse an Irish whip and hits him with a power slam. And the fans happy to see Booker here raising the roof. Ooh, drops a big elbow across the heart of Benoit. Goes for the cover one. Oh, I'm managing to kick out after one. Uh, now Booker working on a leg. Should say it's got a difference between f- a couple of differences between Thunder and Nitro. I mean, obviously we're in Washington D.C. here tonight for Thunder. It's only a two-hour show. It is on the TBS Superstation. Did start in January, but like you say, you get different. And on commentaries, Bobby Heenan, 
Tony Schiavone and Lee Marshall. Now, we mentioned about the women's division uh, on Nitro last time round, and Lee Marshall was the guy actually doing the commentating on it, and then they brought Mike today to do the Cruiserweight, which I quite liked in like, late 95, early 96. Going to kind of, you know, differentiate what the divisions were, and now we've just got singles action upon singles action. But Benoit's gone to the outside. Yeah, but Booker T's still got the upper hand, dropping the leg on Benoit, getting the fans to raise the roof. Now he throws Benoit in. Benoit managing to get to his feet first and drop some kicks to Booker T. Well, you can't let Benoit get any uh, separation as you see how dangerous he is and he's straight on top of Booker T. And we see the Thunder set. I mean, what do you think the Thunder set looking at it? <laughs> Looks quite cheap. Yeah. i tell you what reminds me of a little bit. You remember the old uh, TNA ramp they used to walk out on? I mean, I don't know if they copied it off WCW Thunder, but it definitely looks like that a little bit. Possibly, possibly. Then again, there's not really much you can do with a set. I mean, it depends what you do. I mean, nowadays it's all, like you say, LED screens and stuff like this. Ben Wilo taking Booker down, but Booker kicking out. Ah. So neither man getting a clear-cut advantage, just a bit of jockeying backwards and forwards, both men getting... Little offence before the other one turns it around. And I think this is the story of the kind of Benoit Booker T feud. I mean, the second in the uh, the seven, but we've seen them wrestling a handful of times before, and they've always been close. So you couldn't pick a, a winner, really, between the two, can you? you can't well, in, say... in a few matches, they went to the time limit. Yep. So, you know, I think the best of seven is probably the best way to, to do something like this. You don't get storytelling like this anymore no you really don't and it is hard to pick a winner between these two because they've both got their strengths and their weaknesses as well so it's a it is a really good kind of mid but you would expect it to be kind of main event level in the next couple of years with these two men as well as they uh, build away up the card it's kind of like a different version of the rock and austin story uh, or, or even the the rock and triple h story yeah. going ahead you know they've they kind of come to horns first. They've got a lot of respect for each other, and that shows. But they've also got a kind of, you know, it's they've both got their gremlins. They both won a couple of matches over each other, and Benoit's finally won up in this series. And it's all about being the better man as well, which it always should be in wrestling. You know, you kind of make it that athletic contest, and who wants to be number one? We've talked about the Rock and Triple H. You can see it in their eyes when they look at each other as well. It's that person standing in their way, and it might be the same with Benoit and Booker T. You know, Finlay is waiting for the winner here, but they're not going to give up on it. You know, they've still got... Um, it's like these two guys would rather beat each other than beat a TV <laughs> Yeah, that's champion. it. Yeah, yeah. But will they ever be truly finished with each other? This is the question you got to ask yourself. Is Benoit... He's now got the knee, or did have the knee, embedded into Booker's back. Booker with a fans help flow, getting to his feet. Oh, managing to get a bit of a strength advantage over Benoit, turning him round. But Benoit just rolling through and kicking to the midsection of Booker, getting some separation. Oh, and then a chop sends Booker T down, and that will shake your system there. And good old Charles Robson checking Booker was right. Good old Charles. Well, I don't think he is at the moment, to be fair. Benoit's dominated this one recently. Irish rip Booker ducks it. Both men diving crossbody, taking each other out. And a huge collision there. And I don't know who's going to recover first. Can Benoit maybe get the shoulder across? Or is this Booker T's chance now to get his breath back? Benoit picking Booker up maybe. Snap suplex. Booker T rolls up though into a cover of his own. But Benoit managing to kick out. Oh. And Benoit's straight on the attack. He's frustrated but isn't he? Kicks Booker. And then back body drop. He know he nearly got caught there, and especially when he's in control of this match. But with Benoit, I suppose you can be a little bit more 
tactical could he use already 1-0 up? You know, if he loses this, it's just yeah. a draw again. It's, it's not really that important, especially in the early going. So maybe he can take his time. If he goes 2-0 up, that's going to be a bonus. Indeed, yes. He goes for a backbreaker. Lamar's looking to climb the ropes. Oh, Drop that it. diving headbutt. If he hits it, then Booker's going to have to look at uh, taking more risks in the next match. Here comes Benoit. Hits its mark. Oh, but Benoit stunned himself there, and it's taken him a couple of seconds to get a cover on Booker. And he's still not able to get up to his feet. And now he goes from two. Oh. Oh, took too long, and Booker T managing to kick out. Oh. To be fair, though, Booker has been hit with a move, and it took a long time for someone to pin him. I'm not going to name any names, but Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that was 23 Is seconds? That a in the front? 23 seconds. That's how long Triple H waited at WrestleMania 19 after he yeah. hit the pedigree to pin Booker. It might be uh, the guy from Raw if he's uh, in the middle right? like Hank, the uh, drunk dwarf, maybe, at ringside. Potentially, but it's a woman. Or is she just sitting down and looks like a midget? I don't know. <laughs> she might just be sitting down. <laughs> that weird? When we sit down, we all look like midgets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, you know, midgets have that distinctive look. They've got quite large noggins on them. Yeah. So he's Jared, but he's six foot. Well, he's got a long yeah. run on him. <coughs> Booker trying to fight out a submission with uh, elbows to the midsection. He does fight out. I think Benoit's taken quite a bit out of him. And the fans seem to enjoy it. As both men down. Well, Booker couldn't get the cover on Benoit, but does pick him up again. Going from the Harlem sidekick, but Benoit dodged. Again, Booker T hanging up on the top row. I think this happened in the last match. Well, Booker's been caught there a few times, and Benoit knows he's... Um, he knows what to expect. Well scouted. Uh, Obviously, they've had a few matches together. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh! Booker T just managing to get the shoulder up before the three. And you can see Booker T there. Like you say, it wasn't pushing Benoit's weight off. It was just struggling to get out. I think the next heavy-duty move on Booker T could be the end. It's going to be the German suplex. One, two. Oh! Booker T manages to get the shoulder up at two. Two. That was a devastating German suplex. Bridged out for the cover as well. Oh, it's credit to Booker T showing his uh, his heart and determination. But sometimes it might be better just to uh, fight another day. Like I said, there's still a few matches here. And Benoit now, absolutely going crazy with the kicks in the corner. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, but Booker still managing to kick out. Oh. Now Benoit's getting more and more frustrated. Looks like he's going to rip Charles Robinson's head off in a minute. But he hasn't tried the cross face yet. Maybe he just wants to pin Booker. He's made him submit. Irish rip attempt to Booker. Booker T managing to turn it around. Hits a thunderous spine buster. But again, can't capitalise that quickly. The fans are certainly behind him. Well, it's a punishment taken by Booker T in this match. But now he screams. A primal scream from Booker. Now's his opportunity. Back suplex. Ooh. That was a lovely back suplex by Booker. Spinneroon is his way up to his feet. Has he got enough energy to finish it? Here we go. Oh. Again, misses the axe kick. Benoit with the elbow to the back. It's the spinning heel kick this time. Now he's going up top for the Harlem hangover. Harlem hangover. I think he's looking for the missile drop kick. Is Benoit going to get to his feet? Yes. Hits it. Goes for the cover. One, One two, two, three. And there you go. The best of seven. Booker T had just levered it. One, oh. I'd say talk about close exchanges there. Booker T hitting the axe kick and the missile drop kick getting the victory. I think it was a great match though, Dan. That was a brilliant match between the two. It's, as we said, it's kind of like a shining light in the turd that is 
Nitro and Thunder. Yeah, so this is the first time Thunder and a very good match. Like I say, everything else, well, I would say quite gash in there, but it wasn't the best. But Goldberg is in action here, so it would be good to um, to see him. And the poor soul is Barry Horowitz. Let's see how Barry does against Bill. <coughs> Barry. So how did, wasn't he 90 and 0? On Nitro. He must have been a house... Well, he's 91 and 0 now, so there must have been a house show in between Thunder and Nitro. So we've seen Oscar's streak in NXT and WWE, and, you know, it did come to an abrupt end in WWE, but whose do you think is the more convincing streak? Oscar's. Oscar's? Oscar's. I I feel that, yeah. Because he's had more competitive matches, or is it just because... I, I, I think it's when... For me, Goldberg could have had a much beating more insignificant people. But I think if you look at the record, when Goldberg started facing the top stars, compared to when Oscar faced the top stars in her division, Oscar always came out on top, whereas Goldberg failed. You know, like, yeah, he beat Hogan, but then later on in the year when he faced, like, Nash and people like this, you know, he wasn't really that successful. Don't get me wrong, he was great up until a point, and the problem is they never gave him enough challenges. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll see when he wins. He defends people, Kurt Henning and stuff like that. You think, well, he should do that, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I enjoy Goldberg matches more than Oscar now just because of how explosive it is. And Goldberg's already started this one. Oh, power slam. Roars in delight. I can't see this match going much longer than a couple of minutes. Well, Barry might make a comeback. Irish whip now. Uh-oh. Because oh. no, that Irish whip is followed up by a spear. Well, that falls Barry in half. And what's after the spear, Dan? He's going to jack him up. Oh, my God. Look how long he's holding him there for. Hammer him down. One, two, three. Wow. So, 92 and O is Bill Goldberg. Very, very impressive there. I actually thought he was on the ramp then. I didn't know if he was in the ring or not. Well, Brett, Vincent, Bish and Giant are in the ring. And Brett's talking about how great NWO is. But obviously not the Wolfpack. How shit the Wolfpack is, but how great his NWO is. But is he a part of NWO? We just don't know. This. This is not the NWO black and red music. What music is that? It's that new Wolfpack <laughs> tune. <laughs> well, the hip-hop Wolfpack's here. <laughs> Brett talks like a five-year-old on a playground about a stuff. A bunch of lousy, rotten, stinking backstabbers. <laughs> yeah. You smelly poo-poo heads. So it looks like Brett is part of the NWO. Nash wants Sting on Wolfpack. Which way will it go? So I guess on Thunder we're getting no answers. We're going to have to wait till Nitro. I'll wait a minute, though. Now the Giants going to run down the ramp to face the Wolfpack. And like a pack of wolves, they're attacking the Giant. And of course, we're out of time. As Luger fights Brett as well. Oh, they just keep us hanging on. Why? Why? Uh, so that was Thunder. And again, like you said, that's the reason we're not watching it in its entirety is because they don't really give us anything. It's always about Nitro anyway. And the stuff that is on Thunder, they show in really long clips on Nitro. So it kind of works out for itself. But anyway, so that was it. That was WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars, or the war for May. So now we're going to look at it. And we're going to try and decide what was the best show this month before we move on to our pay-per-view, which is WWE Over the Edge 1998. 
So quite simple, we do five point system. It is roster, promo, setting, matches, and of course rating. So we'll be looking at that in a second. Oh, before we move on, we've got TV ratings, haven't we? So let's do that. So for the 4th of May, Nitro was quite an abysmal 3.5, whereas Raw... Raw was a 5.5, so they really dominated there. Then the 11th of May, 1998, uh, Raw audience was down 4.3. And Nitro was up, and that was 4.3. So a draw there. So WWE still hadn't won yet. For the 18th of May, it was uh, Nitro kind of redundant because I think they only had an hour show. Yeah, an hour show, so it wasn't really, uh, they didn't go head to head with WWE. And WWE, unpeded, did a 5.3 rating. Wow, and for the 25th, it was Nitro was a uh, slight improvement on the last week's one because they was up to 4.2. And Raw had also then dropped down to a 4.2, so another draw. So six weeks now, WSW hadn't had a lead in the ratings. When you consider the previous uh, 82 weeks, they, uh, 86 weeks, they were um, leading the ratings. But it just shows there as well, looking back on it, how close it actually was. You know, It's not like WWE took a lead and then maintained it. You can see two draws. WSW still has a lot of fight in it, and it all depends about the program. Now, talking about that, we're going to look at Nitro and Raw for this previous month. So, we'll start off with roster, because we talk about this every month. What are your thoughts on the WW and the WWE rosters, and what are your scores? Um, I think Raw, they're, they're doing more to further characters and build upon the characters they've got. So, I'm going to give that one a 4 out of 5. Do you think WWE roster is better than WWE's roster? Well, you'll find out when I give the Nitro score, won't you? Yeah, go on then. Nitro, I think they've still got their their quality, but they don't let the quality shine through, and I don't think it is as much as what Raw's going to have. They've got good wrestling ability, but not quite the characters that I'm enjoying. You know, If you had some of the characters without the wrestling ability and kind of mashed them up together, you'd have a very good roster. But I think three and a half... Out of five for the Nitro. That's where I've got to disagree with you. I, I think you've got that. For me, it's the other way around. I mean, we look at the roster strength of Nitro. We talked about it with the main events. The book of Benoit, Guerrero, and everything like this is really strong. Then you look on WWE, WF, and yes, you've got the DX and the Nation, which is cool. You've got Rock and, uh, you've got Austin, the Untaker, which is good as well. Then you've got people like the Oddities. You've got people like Dan the Mustache Severin. You've got people like Val Venus who debuted. And yeah, it might not, he might be an okay wrestler. But again, with that kind of gimmick, you've got Ty and Ty, and Kai and Ty, which I, I feel if the WSW's roster at this moment is stronger because you've got a better uh, mid-card, you've got a better a main event scene as well at this moment. You know, if you put Aust- Austin's having to face Briscoe, Patterson, and McMahon, love twice in a row because there's not that many kind of main event guys. If they, Just think if there was a couple of guys, even like the Giant or even like Macho Man who went to WWE at this point, right, in, in 1998 and was feuding with Austin over the top, you could get a couple of months out of each of them. Where, so I, I feel WWE is still a lot stronger. Would it continue to be strong? No, this is a problem. This is what WWE is looking at. So I'm going to mark mine up the other way around and I'm going to give um, three and a half to Raw and throw on the roster. I think it's fair. Uh, right, setting. Setting for me is, again, 
Switching between the two programs, for me, WCW is clearer as well. I think the pitch is better. I think it looks more crisp. I think it looks cleaner. The fans throwing their stuff into the ring has been a kind of real problem this past month, as it has been for WCW a long time. All the shit getting thrown in. But that's not due to how they're setting. That's due to kind of security, I feel. So I'm not going to mark them down for that. I like Nitro's look over uh, Raw, so I'm going to give Nitro a four and Raw three and a half again. I'm going to slightly agree with you there because I do feel that Raw, it does look quite dated. It's it's still stuck in the early 90s, late 80s setting for me. It still looks quite cheap, whereas Nitro has actually kind of upgraded there. So I'm going to go Nitro 3 for Raw. Okay, so what do you want to do, promo matches? I don't mind, either. Uh, what do you think the promo then this month? I think the promos... On Raw, it's been on point. They've they've been kind of taking the fight to WCW in some retrospects. I think they've been looking a bit cheap, especially with the aeroplane one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you've got the side of that with the kind of story that's going on with Vince McMahon controlling uh, Dude Love. You've got Austin kind of getting his one-upmanship as well on Vince McMahon. Whereas if you go to WCW, it's kind of like the same old, same really mm. it's you know someone's going against nwo black and white whether it's the new wolf pack or whether it's wcw and you know they're kind of jockeying for wrestlers to join them. you know, you've, you have had a a couple of good turns in there as well like lex luger joining the wolf pack but i don't, I don't think it's, it's it's stuff that we've already seen before you know i, I have enjoyed the eddie guerrero Dean Malenko side of things, and I have enjoyed the um, the Booker T Benoit best of seven series coming out of that, and you know the way Finley kind of fits into that as well. But I think I was beat in that, and so I'm going to give four for Raw, three and a half for Nitro. No, I think that's fair. I think because when, when we talk about promos, we mean kind of like the opening videos and the kind of way they set it up. And I think with Raw, if you look at the way uh, the King's been this past couple of weeks, especially with the kind of Paul Bearer's uh, slipping a salami into Untaker's mother and that, that type of thing. And the, just the entire Austin McMahon thing. You know, when, when McMahon gets arrested and that kind of, uh, the interaction between him and Austin is kind of second to none. And you've got a big, any time Austin's involved, you have got a big smile on your face. And every time anybody else, you know, comes down, uh, you you do you are enjoying it, whereas on Nitro, like I say, with the NWO stuff, you kind of like, oh god. But I think it is if they were to do it right, I think the storyline would be quite cool. Yes, it makes WCW seem forgettable, but if you are going to go Wolfpack versus NWO, then if you're a fan of NWO, you you might be quite, you know, what I mean, you could be quite excited by this. Go, oh, hang on a minute, which way is this going to go? And um, it's just to kind of using Brett on the mic a lot. I don't think it's a great idea, but like you said, the Eddie Charvo storyline that they've had and the kind of um, interactions they've done and Jericho on the mic with Malenko's return. So I can't mark it down too much. So it will be a four for Raw and a three and a half for Nitro when it comes to promos, you know. So matches. Cheers. I think Raw is steadily improving. I think if we go back to January and we look at the state of the matches, the Truth Commission and people that are involved, really, really bad. I think recent times with the Funk uh, Mick Foley hardcore match that we saw to main event Raw was probably the best 
main event match we've seen since looking back 20 years, you know? And with Rock and Triple H and the kind of Nation DX involved, those types of matches, uh, I, I've actually been enjoying it. But I do feel that has that already. I think what's letting WCW down is the main event matches, but not anything else. I think the Booker T Benoit kind of brings the rating up for me in a way because of how good the action's been. So with every bad Luke, uh, every bad Hogan Macho match, it's a Benoit. And it's weird, isn't it? They put Benoit and Booker before those matches because it's like, right, here's your good wrestling. Now we're going to have to give you this. So I've got maybe mark them equal with that. Matches, I'm, I'm going to give, yeah, matches I'll give Raw for and Nitro for as well. As you previously mentioned, Raw is steadily improving. You're seeing a, a better quality of match. And, you know, for the, was it the Hogan macho match we saw? Mm-hmm. When we only saw like two actual wrestling moves. I know, I know, I know, yeah. I think that's, you know, it's starting to grate me. I think it's getting a bit dated now. You've got, I know you have got the Malenko-Jericho match, which was great. You've got the Book of Benoit, as we've previously mentioned a few times, which is going really well. The Eddie Guerrero-Chavo, what's going to happen between them two? Is there going to be feuds in there? Are they going to have a, a series of good matches as well? But, you know, for every NWO match we're watching, it seems inevitable that you know there's going to be someone getting involved in it, and that is starting to grate on my nerves. Yeah. As, you know, as much as I did used to enjoy watching WCW back in the day, I don't know how I stayed with it for so long. <laughs> you know, it, it is starting to get too predictable now. Yeah. You've got Goldberg. He's, I know he's like carrying on going through, doing his thing, looking ever more and more dominant. We've seen his entrance getting better. Um, But again, you know, it's it's kind of same. Give it. What are you going to give Raw then? For I'm going to give Raw... A three and a half, because it is getting better. But then, you know, you've obviously got the Austin versus the Stooges. Yeah. Which won't obviously build up too much. And then, I'm going to give that a three and a quarter. Because I don't want to, I don't want it to go down too much. But it's, again, it's, you know, quite samey still. Yeah. Right. So then we talk about the overall rating for the show. So out of 10, what we thought of Raw... What we for Nitro this month. And again, it kind of takes about everything we said with matches, everything we said with um, the kind of the promos and the roster. We kind of explained it all there. But I think if you look at two overall shows, I think with Nitro, again, it's week in, week out, especially with the NBA mucking it around now, trying to find what it's got and, and trying to put matches together so they kind of win the ratings war. And we saw like with Bischoff calling that my man. Whereas with WWF, there's a very kind of a careful mindset where they're building up Austin and towards the pay-per-view. I think over there, it's kind of been forgotten about a little bit, but uh, I still think that's important. But they're looking after that and the kind of man-Austin feud. And I think they're more focused on that than the, uh, kind of the monthly pay-per-views at the moment. You know, in a weird way, I think it's about trying to stop Austin, which WWE don't usually do. But again, there's not a real number one contender yet, is there? I mean, there is... Dude, love, but Austin's really beaten him at Unforgiven. So, uh, for me, it's it's a kind of difficult. With Nitro, I've enjoyed... To be fair, I've got to say it's pretty equal this month. There was stuff I was watching on Raw that I was like, I'll turn over for Nitro. And then stuff on Nitro, I was like, right, I'll turn over and watch Raw. So, I think I'm going to give it 
both the same rating this month. They've both done well. It's been a lot of similar ratings as well. It's been pretty equal, isn't it? I'm going to give both 8 out of 10. I think I'm happy with that. As you say, you know, each of them has had their very good points and their not-so-very-good points. WWE, they are kind of building towards and you know you know you know the champion he's there all the time he's not constantly backed up by his cronies as a wolf pack uh in the nwo sorry and you know on the other side you've got hogan who week in week out he doesn't really do too much you know you see him in one maybe two matches yeah. between but you know less hogan's i think that's a good thing <laughs> so i'm gonna give Raw, a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give Nitro a seven. Right, so when I work out the scores, Dan, I need some working out scores. Music, please. Yes, I have worked out the scores. So it's out of... Um, I'm quite surprised... Because they're out of 30 for the shows, and uh, I don't know if they're high or low. I think it might be a little bit low this, or this month. So we'll go through my scores first. We'll go through Raw and Nitro scores. So Nitro will do first. So Dan, this has been your lowest Nitro score for since we began the scoring. Three and a half roster, three and a half promo, three and a half settings, three and a quarter of matches. 7 out of 10 rating. That's a 20 and 3 quarters out of 30 for you. My roster was 4, 3.5 for promo, 4 for setting, 4 for matches, 8 rating, 23.5 for Nitro for me there. So together that's 40... Let me work this out. So together it's 43 and 3 quarters for Nitro. Nitro was your worst show. Nitro I thought was better than Raw this month with my rating. Can I go at three and a half for roster, four for promo, three and a half for setting, four for matches. Rating was eight, so that was 23 out of 30 for me. I gave Nitro 23 and a half. So does Nitro beat Raw? Does Raw beat Nitro for you, Dan? You gave roster promo four out of five, setting three, and matches three and a half. I'm sure anybody at home can work this out, the maths. If you add seven and a half for the overall, then you scored Raw 22. Two. So you add 23 and 20, 45 for Raw. 23 and a half and 23 quarters is 43 and 3 quarters. So Raw wins by two, uh, by one and a quarter point. So even even though I liked Nitro more, due to the point system, Raw did win for this month. There you go. So we do move on to our pay-per-view now, which is WWE Over the Edge, May 31st, 1998. And let's start with the opening promo. I can see by the way you look at me, Vince. You can't stand the fact that I like to drink a few beers. You can't stand the fact that I do this every now and then. That I do this, I do this every now and then. That I use colorful language. I use colorful language. You can't stand the fact. You can't stand the fact. You can't stand the fact. You must conform. Defiance will not be tolerated. Conform. You must respect authority. Who the hell do you think you are? You will comply. You must conform. Ladies and gentlemen, do love. Compliance is good. Now I'm proud to say 
So the opening promo, and I mean, don't forget, Dude Love is in the main event, even though we only saw him for about 20 seconds in that video. It's all about McMahon and Austin. It's about conformity. It's about complying. It's about making sure that Austin doesn't leave over the edge as WWF champion. McMahon is the evil dictator. He's got Patterson as a bell ringer. He's got Briscoe as a timekeeper. And he's got himself a special guest referee. Who can stop Stone Cold Steve Austin? He wants to. I don't think he can. And 998 was a weird year because WWE, WWF used a lot of kind of old videos from like wars and past presidents and like that involved in promos. We'll see that as 998 goes on. But we have got fireworks as we start the show. And Dan, where are we? We're in your house, James. We're, we are in your house, 22. <laughs> yes, it is in your house, 22. Two. And it is over the edge. Yeah, the f- And we are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, USA. Yeah, the good old uh, Wisconsin centre. It's the 31st of May, 1998. How many people are in attendance, do you reckon, here, Dan? Uh, 9.822. Oh, my God. You're great with that. You can look at a crowd. Dan's got one of these. Uh, 9,822, nine <laughs> 23. Yeah, you got one. Of, we did it at the O2. You looked at the O2, and as you said there's about 16,482 people in there. And I was like, well, fucking hell. So that's impressive. And, of course, on commentary, we've got Jim Ross and Jerry Lauren. How well did this do? A bo- Dan, a point five eight, Which is not great when you consider how well WrestleMania was. Part of the problem for this was, of course, uh, the rematch that we had at Unforgiven between Dude Love and Steve Austin. With Austin kind of being the favourite on this, maybe people didn't want to buy it. But it should be good. I mean, we've got a stacked car, don't we? Should we just run through that before the action begins? We have, yes. We've got LOD 2000, Road Warrior Animal and Road Warrior Hawk with Droz and Sunny versus the DOA. Eight ball and skull with chains. Yeah, and of course we've seen all the uh, the build up to this, so it should mean more as they come out to fireworks now. We've got uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Steve Blackman. Of course, uh, Jarrett stopped Steve Blackman's undefeated streak on Raw a few weeks back. We've got a loser leaves town match in Mark Sero versus Mark. We've got a loser leaves town match with Mark Mero versus Sable. Yeah, and of course she's under contract. Uh, three on two handicap match. Bradshaw and Takamichinoku versus Kaintai, which is Dick Togo, Men's Tayo, Oh, fuck, Dick Togo. And Yamaguchi-san. And Yamaguchi-san. We've got an intercontinental title match, The Rock defending against Farouk. We've got a mask versus mask match, which is Kane with Paul Bearer versus Vader. 
We've got a six-man tag team match. DX, Billy Gunn, the Road Dog and Triple H with China and X-Pac versus The Nation, D-Lo, Karma and Owen Hart with Mark Henry in their uh, corner. And then who our main event here tonight is for the WF World Hitbreak title. It's no disqualification. Falls count anywhere. Special guest referee, Vincent Mann. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Dude Love. But will Austin have anybody in his corner later tonight? I doubt that very much. But here comes... The DOA, Chains waiting for 8-Ball and Skull to get out here. And uh, these two teams, well, they were partners recently on Raw, weren't they? They were, yes. Yeah, they were teaming up against DX and then it kind of fell apart from them. They started brawling as uh, the match was going. LOD might be at fault for the DOA losing tag team titles opportunity as well because they turned it into an eight-man tag on Raw and then it kind of all hell broke loose. So, like you say, this is a battle of the odds. Ovs Apocalypse and Ovs Doom. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. i tell you what I do like. Uh, WWE, or WWF with their set, they've kind of changed it up a little bit. We can see a couple of crash cars there. Like it's, uh, well, Briscoe's body shop maybe in the arena. We see a shot of Sunny as well. She's not been around recently. She's been around the whole locker room. She, she's been around, yeah, but not around recently. She's looking fit as fuck though. She's looking good, but 98 would be the descent of Sunny. And we get to watch it. Yeah, we do. And now we see the new member. I don't know if he's a new member of LOD, but he's starting fighting with them. And he's going after Chains. Old puke there. Darren Drozdoff. And he introduced part of the LOD, and now it's uh, Eve Rateball of Skull with Animal. And we're trying to get the action underway. We're trying to call it as best we can. And Animal, look at this. Nice. Nice shoulder block. It's not been a great few months for LOD as we've been watching them, really, has it? <laughs> not since uh, the Outlaws shaved off the Mohawk. No, they've kind of taken away the LOD's powers. We'll see if their power can return to them tonight. Oh, God. Well, it doesn't look that good as eight ball runs through Animal. Drops the big leg drop, but Animal straight up to his feet. <laughs> the <laughs> LOD don't like the cell. No, exactly. Yeah, the old 80s no cell. Damn it, I'm up. And uh, there might be a lot of uh, crap in this, but this is another thing I want to kind of... Prove to people here. Everybody says how great the attitude era was. We're going to watch a pay-per-view. We're going to judge it on just... How it is. Do you know what I mean? Not like anything else, if the action is any good. So they're going to have to impress us here tonight. Not going to be watching it through rose-tinted uh, spectacles as Animal goes low on 8-ball. Tags in Skull. And Joss checking out Sunny, making sure uh, she's not attacked by chains. i tell you what, if she was to touch... Uh, i tell you what, if Joss was to touch Sunny, LID might put him in a wheelchair, mate. You know what I'm saying? And now look at this power. Hawk and Skull... These two big hosses slap around the face. Go on. We're getting a push off. Irish rip by Skull. Delivers a back elbow to the head of Hulk. Drops another elbow to the chest. And another. What? And a third. I know WWE hasn't got a tag team division, but this is WWF tag team division. You know what I mean? Like, So let's not... <laughs> Maybe sometimes it's better not to have tag team champions. I know the Outlaws are champions at the moment, but Lee's through next in line. And Hawk won't go down for more than a one count. Dude, that's Droz. <laughs> oh, massive power drive. He's got to sell that. No. Even though it is fin- his finishing move, <laughs> Hawk bounces straight up to his feet. I'm not going to sell it, no. And he's up with a net breaker. It's definitely been LOD's match at this moment in time. LOD 2000 with Sunny there. Can she spur them on? Come in, you Spurs. Big clubbing blow to the back. Animal gets a tag in. And they've been together nearly 20 years at this point. Hawk picks him up, slams it down, leg drop. 
But he has to get stopped by Skull. And another slam. And he's going up top now with his Hawk. Skull's up to his feet. Oh, ducks out the way of Hawk, who goes right across to the other corner of the ring, out the other side, and then gets clotheslined by Chains. Oh, come on now. Referee couldn't see any of that. Oh, Jimmy Corderas and Jaws going after Chains. And it's kicked off on the outside. But it's allowing the DOA to take over on uh, Hawk. And Pute may be showing his uh, inexperience there. Double boot by the DOA. I mean, has the DOA ever impressed you, Dan, these two men? No. Now, I mean, do you know they've been given a lot of chances? Back as uh, Eli and Jacob Blue, the Blues brothers, where they had really long hair, long beards. Do you know they faced Luger and Bulldog at WrestleMania 11? I know, believe that. And even worse than that, they would then carry on this and team up with uh, Jeff Jarrett as Southern Justice and then go across to WSW as the Harris brothers and still gain moderate success there. I don't know how they did it, but fair play to them. It just shows if you've got a bit of size and you know the right people, you can make a bit of success for yourself. And as he chains at ringside, of course, Brian Lee, or the fake Undertaker, as everybody would know him. Under Faker. And he's kind of taken over from Brian Adams, who was there as a uh, crush, wasn't he? He's doing about anybody really knows. It's just a long haired dude with tattoos. That's it, yeah. And now they're trying to bring Droz in, I suppose, to the LOD, because maybe the LOD need a bit of freshness. I think Hawk needs to tag out at this moment in time. And Sonny has managed tag team champions before, if you go back to WWF history. Who can forget the body donors, Skip and Zip? Huh? <laughs> Chris I, I have forgotten. Dido, of course, her husband. I mean, he was all right with the whole Shawn Michaels thing. It, was, it wasn't was a problem. He's probably watching. Yeah, exactly. Well, Sonny would be back in ECW by end of the year. Of course, we know what happened by LOD at the end of the year, but Hawk fighting out the corner now. Great tag team in there by 8-Ball and Skull. Poked to the eye, distracting referee and a clothesline down. Changes after doing his part as well. More than Joz is doing in this match. Well, Joz is still young. Like I say, he showed the experience earlier. He's got to try and not get involved too much. An animal. He's getting taunted in as Hawk's getting choked. A low blow from Chains. You'd have thought Animal would be smarter than that, but he's falling into the DOA trap. Dan, if I saw you there getting beaten up by two guys, I'd do anything to get in there and help you out. He care about using the experience. He's helping his lifelong friend. They've been together basically forever, the Legion of Doom, you know? They're brothers, basically. But Eightbull and Skull are twins, so technically you've got a little bit more going for them. <laughs> twins beat brothers. Oh, Sonny's only popping out of a top. Oh, Sonny clapping along. That is definitely Skull in there. Because we just got a close-up of his name tag. Indeed. I, I feel if a wrestler needs to wear a popular, you know, you don't usually get wrestlers coming out here with a name tag saying, hello, my name is um, Steve Blackman, because you know it's Steve Blackman. But April and Skull got the name tags. Again, twins, though. But the Usos don't do that now. We know because they're different haircuts. We got used to it. <laughs> DOA haven't got different haircuts. No, they've got exactly the same haircuts, exactly the same outfit. They could do the old rope dope if they wanted to. And they're working perfectly in this match. And what a great way to start a WWF pay-per-view. The fans on their feet for this action. In On Nitro, uh, on WCW, you get like a cruiserweight match or something. I mean, who would want that? Terrible cruiserweight matches. But Hawk is finally back to his feet. Fighting out the DOA corner. 
Though he's been put through it in this match, but gets knocked down again. This could do it now. He's on the second rope. Doesn't go up often. Now he's going to aim for Hulk. Foot up. Oh no, Hulk moves out of the way. Can he tag Animal in? Well, we're not sure where he's calling. He's got to find his bearings. And he tags in Animal now. It's a hot tag. But eight balls in as well. The animal's running straight through both members of the DOA. He's on fire, baby. Well, he was until they stopped him. Looking for a back body drop, but he rolls out of it and close eyes and both down. Hulk has miraculously recovered and made his way back into the match. That's one of your favourite bit of tag team wrestling, isn't it? It is indeed. Oh, and he dumps Skull out. An animal Irish whipping. Oh, eight by eight ball misses the clothesline. It's not belly to back suplex. And he suplexed down and he wants Chains to get in, but here comes Abel and they're switching partners. Like I said, identical. Looking like waiting for this. Draws up. I think he hit the back of Skull in the head with something. Oh! And LOD get the victory thanks to Droz. Well, Animal gets the pin and that went all uh, crazy towards the end. LOD getting out there. So sunny. And Droz helped. So the extra man helped LOD there against the DOA. See the end of it. Let's see work out what happened here. So yeah, Droz was up. And it wasn't a foreign object, it was just the hand of Droz. Yeah, like a clubbing blow, clothesline to the back of the head. Animal gets the power slam and the win. I mean, what did you think of that action, Dan? It went on for ages. It did, didn't it? It felt like it was a really long match and nothing really special happened in it. No, it really wasn't. It was kind of like, just, nah. nah. It's two, two teams of big dudes just hitting each other and stuff. I weren't that impressed by it. Let's hope, uh, like we said, we've still got a lot more on the paper. Let's hope it improves. So the Rock's come out here, but he's not scheduled to wrestle till later tonight. So I wonder what he's got to say. He's got the Intercontinental title around his uh, shoulder. So how does the Rock feel about the Bill Cap- beer capital of the world? Well, he said, "I want to know. You want to know what I think of the beer swelling capital of the world? Well, I'll have to be doing a lot of beer into." <laughs> Get with these uglies, basically. <laughs> he did. But Farouk's just come running out, and he's assaulting the rock. Punch the head. You see the power driver he gave him on the stage on Raw last week, but now he's got the steel chair. These two aren't scheduled to go off against each other for another couple of free matches yet. No, the rock just wanted to talk to Farouk. Got a chair. Oh! <laughs> the rock managed to get the chair off Farouk, went to hit him. Farouk ducked out of the way, and... Uh, Cacowed himself straight in the face. Ah, now he's got the power driver. Oh! Right on the edge of that chair. The rock convulsing. And Fruit sending a message to the rock. But, oh, that's not good. Oh, my God, Fruit. Now take down the nation. D'Lo and Karma. And getting out of dodge there when the numbers game was a bit in his disadvantage. Owen Hart comes in and straight into the ring as opposed to taking out Fruit. Yeah, but intelligence there. And getting one up on... The Rock, I mean, the former leader of the nation could be walking out in a kind of champion here tonight. He just left the Rock laying. And you see the set with the cars on the side now. I think it's really cool. And they want the uh, doctors out here. Oh, and the Rock now might have... Um, <clears throat> serious voice. The Rock now might have uh, seriously injured himself here, Dan. It's not looking good, and they're bringing out a stretcher. Well, finally, they've got a stretcher down to ringside. The nation didn't do a good protect leader. <laughs> no. Well, sneak attack by Farouk, but he knows how the nation works. Let's not forget, he uh, led them for a couple of years, brought the rock into it. Now it looks like he wants to take the rock out. 
Delo needs to get himself some new uh, trousers because he looks like he's still part of Farouk's team. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a collar. I mean, the Dr. Hart is putting on the rock's neck. Yeah, well, Owen's uh, have a lot of training with broken necks. He's going to make sure the rocks are right. Ooh, looks painful. The rock's neck is too muscular for uh, any any ordinary collar, though. Yeah, he might have got had a stinger. He might have been drozzed. <laughs> that stinger's when you hit the back. That's what Austin had in his match with Owen Hart. That's what I'm saying. Owen's this. See, Jack's stinger. It's a, but if you injured the back of your neck, it sounds uh, all right, but it means when you basically get you like your, your C4, your vertebrae, get squashed down, and it makes you lose feeling in the rest of your body. It does eventually come back. But it could take up to, you know, an hour, a couple of hours. Thank you, JR. <laughs> That's Manim. And now the Rock on the stretcher. And this is not good. I don't know if the Rock will be able to compete. But if him, uh, before we go backstage to Michael Cole. Why don't people answer like that anymore when they get asked the question? You silly bastard. Michael Cole says to Austin, is this going to be the last time you walk out as WWE Champion? He goes, no, you silly bastard. Well, oh, short but sweet by Stone Cold. When asked if anybody's going to stand by his back, he goes, well, everybody's scared of Vincent Man, so probably nobody's going to do that. He don't like me anyway, and I don't trust anybody. But now, Dan, oh, my God, is that Tennessee Lee in the ring? It is indeed. And there's only one thing he's out here for, and that's introducing Jeff Jarrett. And that is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Ain't he shit? Ain't he great? And look at the get-up he's in now. How is Jeff Jack never a main event star in WWE? I'll never know. Because he comes out here in a bomber jacket. <laughs> he looks for retribution over Steve Blackman, who's left him laying a couple of times. He is great, Tennessee Lee. And look at this, coming out here, got the fireworks as well. The double J and the Catherine Wills, wow. That looks stupid. That looks great. And now the Jeff Jarrett strut. Well, let's not forget, Jeff Jarrett was the NWA champion with Jim Cornette, decided to take things a different way. Tennis Elise come here now. Do you think he's brought a more aggressive side to Jeff Jarrett, Dan? I still think he's an idiot. <laughs> well, he thinks he's great. And uh, we've got all the great. You've got Fink here doing the announcements. It's always great to see him. And here comes the lethal weapon, Steve Blackman. Like I said, was done defeated up until Jeff Jarrett stopped him. Well, your thoughts on Blackman? Is he improving week in? Week out? He's still shit. Are you wondering why this is on pay per view, though? I am, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, like we said, the roster wasn't as deep as maybe some thought. The programming for Raw, I think, were a lot better than the um, views. But let's not forget the last pay per view we watched for WWF was, of course, WrestleMania 14, where they kind of pulled out all the stops, didn't they? So, But we've seen a couple of young stars. You know, Jeff Jout surely going to have a future. Well, if he doesn't, I'm sure he could create his own... Well, don't call me Shirley for starters. (laughs) But I'm sure if he doesn't have a great future in WWE, he can create his own promotion and make himself champion of that. I'm sure sure he can. And Steve Blackman coming out here, the lethal weapon. Of course, with the um, the luminous sticks, his display. He's still a young man. The only reason Joe, I've tried to put him over so much because he signed him. Oh, and here comes Blackman, baseball side to start. Well, Jarrett weren't even in, <laughs> but now he's getting his bell rung, definitely here. Oh, he's ripping to the barricade, ooh. Throws him into the ring, tremendous power there from Blackman. And now, up top. Can he take out Jeff? Oh! Lovely missile dropkick. That was nice by Blackman, jumps to the second rope. Drops the elbow onto the head of Jarrett, he's looking quite impressive thus far. Jeff Jarrett way early, oh no. Drops his head and Jarrett bounces it off the mat. 
Well, he is a veteran. His old uh, Jeff Jarrett puts Blackman on the second rope. Hangs him up. Does a strut. There's always time for a strut for Jeff Jarrett. Looks to be in a little bit of trouble there, but it's come back into it. He's right in the corner where Tennessee Lee is shouting instructions. Jeff likes a taunt. <laughs> he does indeed. The, uh, the old taunt button's definitely getting overused. Exactly. Oh. Blackman's come back into it with a double palm strike to the midsection. Irish whips Jarrett. Oh, who slides between his legs. It catches him in like a bicycle kick. Now takes him back in the corner. Combination. But Jarrett looking to jump over Blackman but gets caught in a German with the bridge out. Oh. I think Blackman's shoulders was down too. Well, he got a two. Two. And Jarrett there, got the shoulder up. Now backed up again. Hangs Jarrett up in the tree of woe. Uh-oh, and he could be in serious trouble now. Blackman kicks to the midsection. Getting wrenched back. <laughs> Blackman there, just... Uh, and Tennessee Lee hitting Blackman right in front of the referee. He hit with his hat. Come on now, how much of a hat? How much is a hat going to cause that? It could a... be a, a 10-gallon hat. Oh, my God. God, Blackman there with a kick to Jarrett, knocking him down. Jarrett was kind of sneaking up behind him, and uh, yeah, he certainly got caught with a big kick there. I was like, Blackman's been torturing Jarrett in this match. But Tennis Lee, he's always got an eye out for something. And he had his eye on Blackman's leg. I will agree there, that was interference. (laughs) And Blackman showing again. He's stalking Tennessee Lee. Jarrett was hiding behind the ring, takes out Blackman. That was an experience by Blackman. Took us off the balls, chased Tennessee Lee. Didn't know where Jarrett was. You should always know where your opponent and where you are in the ring. Well, at the moment, these two men are outside. Well, at least you know they are. <laughs> As Blackman goes back first into Barricade. Oh, and we see Al Snow in disguise joining the Spanish announce team. Yeah, he's wearing a poncho and uh, head's got a headset and uh, like a Spanish hat. What's that? A sombrero. Sombrero. That's the word I was looking for. And the Spanish announcer saying, we can't understand you. And Alison's saying, that's my problem. Head talks Spanish. Why don't you listen to her? He's with McMahon. Well, McMahon will be out here soon. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what he's waiting for. He was sitting, standing next to Vince McMahon the other week when McMahon was in disguise and didn't know it nearly missed his opportunity. Will he get tonight? Blackman slams Jarrett down. Looking for the diving headbutt off the second. Jarrett sits up. Blackman hits the canvas. Irish oh, whip by Jarrett and a drop kick right on the button. Going for the cover. This must be Two. it. Oh, oh, Blackman managing to kick out. Oh. Jarrett maybe getting a little bit frustrated now. Trying to take out this young line. Jarrett with the Irish whip, but Blackman turns the elbow, catches Jarrett. Oh, that's like a swagger bomb, but Jarrett again getting the knees up. I'm going to make a suggestion to Blackman. Don't come off the second ropes, because every time you do, it seems to hurt you. Oh, but Blackman managing to bridge out, turns it round, goes for a cover of his own. But Jarrett managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Jarrett trying to get the pin, and Blackman there showing his strength. And now Al Snow. Oh, come on. Security here to escort Al Snow away from the Spanish announcers. What was he doing wrong there? Just having a good time. Meanwhile, in the ring, Jarrett had a cover on Blackman, but Blackman managed to get his shoulder up at two. Two. And Chad Patton now is getting a bit distracted by Al Snow and the Spanish announce team. It's that Hugo Savinovich's fault. Carlos Cabrera. And now Jarrett Irish whipping Blackman and now the sleeper. Dreaded is going to send everybody to sleep. I'm already half asleep watching this match. Everyone's more distracted by Al Snow and Head than the match, which <laughs> don't blame them, really. Can we get a camera cut to Al Snow? Well, maybe a double feature on Al Snow, but this is how he got the near fall, the clothesline by Jarrett. Now Jarrett just trying to uh, stop the blood circulating in Blackman's head. 
The arm's dropped twice. One more and he's out. And Tennessee Lee thinks this is over. Oh. No, Steve Blackman just stays in there. Gets the impressive fight back now. Elbows to the midsection. A big chop to the chest of Jarrett. With a sleeper of his own. <laughs> Jarrett's struggling. Nice facial, but gets out of it. Oh, back suplex. Both men down. Again, it's been another long match. It's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. And look at Tennessee Lee trying to fan his man there with a hat. That's the only fan Jarrett's got. Apart from James. Well, Blackman's got lots of fans cheering him on, trying to get back to his feet. Jarrett into the cover. Blackman gets his shoulder up at two. Two. Now Jarrett suplex time. Blackman counters it, gets into a suplex of his own. And rolls to the outside. It's gonna end going in, up top. It's going to end in tears, Blackman. Every time. Springboards <laughs> over the top rope and gets caught with the feet of Jarrett. Every time he goes on his, off his feet, he gets caught. And now Jarrett's going to look to put the end to him. Uh, Blackman ducks underneath, double clothesline, both men going down. Yeah, but that wasn't good. You can see how you can see how green Blackman is, and Jarrett, as the veteran, should be bringing it out of him. You can see him talking to him during the match. (sighs) If Jarrett was a good wrestler, he'd probably be able to bring it out of him. But I don't don't think Jarrett's a bad wrestler. But like I said, yeah, he hasn't got that ability to help the worst wrestlers out. Otherwise, we'd be talking about the classic between Jeff Jarrett and David Arquette, I suppose. Jarrett dodges a close. Gets caught in a backbreaker. Jarrett's nearly immediately up to his feet, though. Another Irish whip. Spinning heel kick. Followed up by a big elbow drop. Hit Goes every... for the cover. Two. Oh. Well, Jarrett gets showed up at two. Two. I was going to say, Blackman just went through his repertoire of, like, every move he knows. <laughs> he's starting again Stop. now. He's hit another bicycle kick. <laughs> he's Tennessee got his signature. Lee's up on the apron. Oh, Teddy Silly throws his hat down. He is not happy. Blackman's going to get distracted yet again. Tennessee Lee catches Blackman. Oh, Jarrett nearly catches Tennessee Lee after Blackman ducks. Jarrett's been rolled up, but only managing to get a two count. Two. Well, Jarrett didn't hit Tennessee Lee, and he didn't pin Jeff either. Now Jeff's got one of Blackman's sticks, kicks out of his hand, hits Jeff in the face with it, throws it at Tennessee Lee, goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, Tennessee Lee didn't get there in time to no. do it, so Jarrett had to do it himself. <laughs> Foot on the second uh, bottom row. Oh, my word. No, I thought the first match was bad. Things can only get worse. Oh, Steve Blackman's going up top. This is going to be oh, bad news. God. What have I said, Steve? Tennessee Lee hitting Blackman over the back with the stick. Jarrett rolling into the cover. And that's another loss for Steve Blackman and a victory for Jarrett. All thanks to Tennessee Lee there. I mean, what a long match that was. Um, I don't think not looking good after that, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, Tennessee Lee was probably the star of the match. I mean, Al Snow, sorry, I'm lying to you. Al Snow was the star of this Most match. Most entertaining part of the match, yeah. So Jeff Jarrett wins. It's only our second match of the night. If someone needs to constantly say, ain't I great, it tends to me not. Ain't I great, Dan? Ain't I great? Point proven. So our next match is Sable versus Mero. Well, no, it's Mark Mero versus Sable and someone of her choosing. If she can find someone to beat Mark Mero, then she'll be out of this contract owned by Mark Mero. And, of course, let's not forget women are property back in 1998. But if Mero wins, Sable has to leave the World Wrestling Federation forever. So Sable was really hot at WrestleMania, weren't she? You know, one of the most popular things building up to it. Do you think they've done right WrestleMania? 
Not really. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Sable Mero rivalry? <sighs> Again, terrible wrestlers. That's all I have to say it? about that. that oh, I'm a man of few words. <laughs> Today you're a man of few words. Yeah, well, the Sable Mero feud's been going for a little while now, like we say. But back at WrestleMania when it was Mero teaming with Sable against Luna and Goldust. And weirdly, Goldust and Luna gone their separate ways because obviously... The other tees with Luna and what Goldust giving up the uh, Goldust gimmick. But with Mero and Sable, it was a bit weird because Sable was really, 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 really popular. And you thought maybe they're going to go their separate ways, but they're kind of dragging it out a little bit. Of course, with Mero being a kind of arsehole like he is, having a contract for Sable, can Sable actually be free of him? You know, is she going to pick someone to actually get the job done against Mero? If, they, if she does pick him and they can't get it done, then of course she's gone. For the World Wrestling Federation, you lose your, one of the most popular people. But with Sable, she's not come out here. She no, like she's, she's not, not yeah. dressed for show. She's dressed here to fight, surely. Don't call me Sable. She isn't going to fight <laughs> off her own back. Well, I don't know. She's in a wrestling gear and she might be ready. It's only just in that wrestling gear. The women's division, you know, she has been manager of Mayor for a while. So what is, what can she do? She thinks she can beat Mayor one-on-one. She's beat Luna. But Luna's not a man. Mero's like, what? What are you doing, Sable? He looks a bit befuddled. Have you ever seen the Johnny Be Bad gimmick? But, do you know, that's not bad. That's Mark Mero's uh, former gimmick where he, uh, he came out and it was really kind of theatrical. He'd blow fireworks to the crowd. When Vincent Mann signed him, he thought he'd be able to bring that gimmick with him, but it was actually copyrighted by WSW. So they came up with Mark Mero. Well, Sable's stay in. She got herself into this mess. She's going to get off, uh, out of it. And she doesn't need anyone to fight for her. If anyone's going to win her freedom, it will be her. Fair play. I mean, you know, I've got no problem with strong women. Mero saying, like, you must really, really hate me, though. What happened? We used to be friends. We had everything. You were there. I was here. We went together. Well, Mero's now finally having, um, you know, come to Jesus moment, so to speak. He's realising Sable... He's really unhappy. He's going to do something he should have done a long time ago. He says, forget about my wrestling career. I want to help you out. And he's not going to do what I think he's going to do, is he? He's going to lay down for Sable. Well, she's laid down for him many a time. So it's nice Mero can finally uh, recuperate this. Sable's going to get the victory. She'll be free for Mero. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, no. Oh, Mero kicks out. Oh! Rolls Sable up and gets the free count. Oh, you bastard, Mark Mero. He duped her. Well, she is a dumb blonde and she's a female. Yeah, but she didn't deserve that, Dan. You know, I mean, I know your thoughts on women, but come on now. Mero said he was going to lay down for her and then rolled her up for the free count. I mean, talk about the shenanigans involved in this one. And now Sable, one of the most popular figures in WF, is gone. I bet Mero's got a kind word for her. So does he still own her? No, she's gone. So he doesn't own her? I think he still owns her, but she's just not part of the WF anymore. And Mero's saying to her, get the hell out of the WWF, and, and she's crying. And Mero now singing her a lovely song to say goodbye. And it goes saying of na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey. Well, Mero seems happy with that victory, and he's finally won on paper for the first time in ages as well. So yeah. that's good for him. Well, Mero comes across after this as a piece of shit. So it means... That the angle worked well, and we thought Mero was going to do the right thing, but he didn't. He turned on Sable, and now Sable's gone. So that does build heel heat for him, I suppose. So credit for that. We go backstage to Michael Cole, 
He's talking about rolling her over and giving us full package. Story of James's sex tape. No, he's talking to Sable. Well, Michael <laughs> Cole asked Sable how she feels. She said, I can't believe Mary would stoop that low. But she'd just like to thank all of her fans and for all the support. And she's gone and the King says, yep, she's out of here, so we've got to move on. All backstage, Doc Hendricks with The Rock. The nation surrounds him. He doesn't look good. So Doc Hendricks trying to get word of The Rock. None of the nation want to speak to him. But he's trying to say, if The Rock doesn't defend his title, he loses it here tonight. I think it's a bit unfair, especially when Sergeant Slaughter kind of being against people like Austin. Now he's got a problem with The Rock, you know? I mean, if he can't defend it, we saw what happened earlier, fruit sneak attack. But anyway, up next, and it's going to get... Because we've got Yamaguchi's son leading out Kaintai. I have, yes, and that is uh, Dick to go. It's not Dick to go, it's Dick Togo. It is Dick Men <laughs> with Yamaguchi. Oh, so that's Funaki. I recognise him. And who the up? Dick Togo is the one behind him as Funaki. And who's the other fella, sorry? Uh, men's Tio. So we'll see what they have to offer. They're known as. Uh, First known as the Kamikaze Club, but then they changed it because they thought maybe it's a bit too racist. And they've been feuding with uh, Taka Michinoku and Bradshaw. And they're kind of, we've seen Taka and Bradshaw's kind of buzzing romance on the road, haven't we, you know? We have indeed, yes. Teaching him English and then, you know, making sure he can uh, smoke a cigar as well. And that doesn't work. Just slapping him around a little bit. But we'll see if uh, Kaintai can impress here tonight. Well, that Funaki looks like he would make a great announcer, but not on Raw. No. On the B show. But I don't think just a great announcer. I think he'd be like one of the best announcers. Well, like the number one announcer. And we've got Bradshaw. Yeah, and he is ready for a fight. Looks like Godzilla's just walked into Japan. And let's not forget Takamichi Noku's a light heavyweight championship. You remember that title belt, Dan? No, completely forgotten about no. it. I mean, it was defended at WrestleMania against Aguilar. Probably the last great match of the light heavyweight division. But here we go now. Bradshaw's taking out two members of Kai and Ty. Well, he's going after Men and Dick, and he's taking them out. And Funaki there. What's Bradshaw doing with Tucker? Picks him up. Oh, oh no. Sends him into all three <laughs> members of Kai and Ty. Tucker lands on his feet. Takes out Yamaguchi, son. And he's back in there. And uh, what a weird tag team Bradshaw of Taka Michinoku are. Well, it's just the height on him. And now Tucker and Funaki going at it. And who forget what great team they would become. In a couple of years' time, Taka reverses for Nucky. Well, Taka still holds the best elimination from a Royal Rumble match. He does. Oh, Bradshaw takes himself in. For Nucky goes scurrying away. Oh, we've got an entire runaway. Oh, Vodzilla! (laughs) They don't want any of the big man. Oh, big man. So, Bradshaw was feuding with um, the NWA and people like The NWA seems to have disappeared now, haven't they? You know what I mean? They had Barry Windham. (laughs) We've still got the Midnight Express going around. But now they've moved on to Kaintai. Bradshaw tags in Taka, says, there you go. So he doesn't do a single move and then tags out. Mm-hmm. Taka, but Taka now goes for the arm drag. Oh, but gets clotheslined. But he says the quickest style of wrestling that we're seeing. Taka tags in Bradshaw. And Kaintai goes scurrying, but this time Bradshaw follows him. He's chasing all four of them. And this, <laughs> they're all scurrying away. None of them want to face Blackjack Bradshaw. The speed is beating the power at the moment. Look how many people have gone for drinks during this. Well, we've got to get the crap out of the way. And then we've got a few good matches coming up. So bear with us. Oh, my God. And Dick comes in, slams into the head of Tacker. <laughs> What's funny about that? I'm just calling it. 
Big chops there on the chest. Irish rip by Dick. Here comes to go. Oh! Tucker manages to dodge out of the way so he doesn't get hit by Dick. Oh. Tacker slaps Dick hard and Ooh, then, then plants Dick into the canvas. Goes for the cover to oh for Ducky and now here comes Bradshaw. Throws him out the ring. Men's drop kicks Bradshaw though. Is that his name? Men's. Men's T.O. Well T.O. just got caught by Bradshaw. He's got nowhere to go. Oh that's Dick. Slam down. No Dick's in the ring. Here comes Tacker. Oh, did he nearly take himself out on Barry Kay? He did, and Bradshaw threw Fanucky in the way. Now Bradshaw's got hold of Dick. Bradshaw's grabbing Dick hard. He is. Right by the head. He's got nowhere to go. But Tacker's in. Bradshaw wasn't legal man. It's Togo and Tacker. Oh, face first. Plants Tacker into the mat. Finally, to go ticks out. <laughs> Tags out. Well, Dick was looking hard there. Well, Fanucky's in now, so there's no jokes about him. Beautiful suplex there by Show. Goes for the... Well, it's the little show. Funaki. Tanaka gets shown up at two. Two. Tags in Tio. He's chopping and slapping Taka. Oh, gets a medium boot. And now he's got him a Tiger suplex. Oh! oh just throws Taka. Goes for the cover. A two count. Two. Great elevation there. It just shows great athlete Taka is. Oh, and now Dick's in the ring. <laughs> Here comes to go. Dick is taunting right now. Thank God we don't watch any Dick Murdoch matches or anybody like that. Oh, uh, big chop by Dick. Richard Cockmaster. Oh, my God. That's impressive by Togo. We're in. We're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the yeah, it was only like that. And now he's got him and the dreaded uh, shoulder claw. It's like a Vulcan grip. And Tucker's managing to fight his way out. And Bradshaw's still not been the legal man in there. Tucker gets some separation. Oh, Ooh, lovely power slam by Dick. Goes for the cover. Oh, Tucker managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Randy Orton. Yeah. It's not the first time we've seen a dick hit a power slam. And now for Nucky and Tio. Tao. 3D. Oh, that was a, a 3D DT. That's it. Bradshaw has to come in. <laughs> He's just booting away. He's kicking men's. Tio. He's not. Holding back, is he? And now Fanucky slams down Tucker. Dick's going up top. Oh, my God. Is it? Sh- Here we go. No! Oh, Dick sent on. Jeff must have stole most of his moves. Now Dick pointing at Bradshaw. This is what we're going to do to you. Fanucky helping him out. Double team. Double chop. Double elbow drop. Fanucky's a legal man. Clubbing blows to the back of Tucker. The lucky United States street gang, as uh, JR says. Hmm. Fanucky's got a sleeper, but you can see the way he puts on is different to normal. Of course, that's the Japanese-infused style there. Taka manages to escape it. Flying forearm. Kenny in. Tio takes out Taka before he can get the tag. And Fanucky's already back to his feet. Irish whip. Oh. Bit of a slam. Goes Boston Crab into like a Cobra Clutch and then followed up by a, a dick dropkick. Yeah, all three men getting involved then. A nice submission combination. Again, they're going to double-team Taka. T.O. with a seated pile driver. Tags in Togo. And Alfanaki and Togo teaming up on Taka again. Referee's not really had control at all in this. Oh, well, Taka manages to duck hit Dick and take out Funaki. And now Blackjack's in. Big boots all round. Well, spinning heel kicks by Taka, but I think the more effective big boot, yeah, by Bradshaw... Fanucky grabs the left leg. He's not letting go at the moment. T.O. to the top. He gets caught. He gets slammed down. Funaki gets powerbombed. 
But Togo with a low blow from behind. Dick hit Dick. I know he wants Fanaki to get back up. T.O. grabs the hand as well. Look at he's taunting on Bradshaw. <laughs> oh! But Bradshaw powers his way out. A big boot for Dick. Oh. Close line from Hell to Funaki. Grabs Tio. Uh-oh. Jesus Christ. Double underhook fall away. Goes for the cover. Oh, Togo managing to stop the pin, but Taka Mitchell, no couple of seconds. Top rope. Missile drop kick from Taka. No more hell's breaking loose here. And Bradshaw... Tagging in tackling, so he's got to finish him now with a Michinoku driver. Bang! Was Dick even the legal man? To, oh, it doesn't matter if Dick was the legal man for Lucky and T.O. stopped it. Now Bradshaw in. Choke slam from T.O. Togo goes up. Bradshaw closed on the hell with T.O. Oh, sent on from the top. One, two, three. Oh, my God. And can't I get the victory over Taka Michinoku and Bradshaw? Well, they still a victory there, and Yamaguchi's son's happy. Kind Tai go out in the crowd. They show some good team there, but it was definitely a pick-up in pace, that was, wasn't it? It was a fun, fast-paced, you know, certainly a pick-up on the, on the crap fest that we've seen so far. Oh, and Sabre walks out slowly. Yeah, I mean, I think if you put Tai Kind Tai in today's field, I think they changed the game slightly. If you look on 205 Live, what they're trying to do with Lucha House Party and other teams like this, I think Kind Tai could really have uh, changed it up. You, you see the way they team up together. They look like a, quite a cool team. They've got all these kind of multiple combination of drop kicks, submissions and stuff like this. And it's, I mean... Obviously, if you go to ECW as well, you can see the guys in six-man tag team matches. That was kind of their specialty. And they kind of really pulled out a few good ones uh, a couple of times. First time they're doing it in WWF at Over the Edge. And uh, I've got to be impressed with it, even though it was three on two. Bradshaw lost there, but it was kind of down to Taka Michinoka anyway. So it's kind of weird that they don't have anybody who can team with Taka apart from Bradshaw. But uh, I think, like I said, it was a real step up from what we've seen before. Yes, and hopefully things are only going to go. So we've got the, hopefully we've got an intercontinental title match, The Rock versus Farouk. But as we saw earlier, The Rock was, seat, well, he's pile drived onto a chair, and he was wearing a, a neck brace. Last we saw, barely got any feeling in his hands as well. But so if he doesn't defend it, then he loses the title. So I just thought it was going to strip him of the intercontinental championship. So will we see a new one? I think we're definitely going to see a new IC champion because Farouk here looks to be a favourite. But it'll be interesting, like I say, we just saw an advert with please don't try this at home and how dangerous it is. And, you know, it's true. We saw it earlier with The Rock getting power drive on a chair. You can't try this at home, children, all right? Because you're going to end up like Ownheart. So we move on. Farouk's out here now, ready for action. But will The Rock come or will he forfeit? So the music's hitting. The introduction for The Rock. And you even got the smell what The Rock is cooking. So that's evolving now as well. First time it's been used. They haven't upgraded his name yet. He's still the Rock, Rocky Maivia. Yeah, but they've slightly changed it. It was Rocky Maivia. Now the Rock has been involved. Not to see, we'll see that over the next couple of months when the Rock takes over. But he's not out here now. So it's the third time they've given the Rock the call. <laughs> and he's not coming out here. All right, he might have been taken to the hospital straight away. Not straight. He might be taken to the hospital since we last saw him. If it's that bad of injury. Well, he was in in a bad way. Uh oh. Here comes Sergeant S. Laughter. I wonder what his announcement's going to be. Going to just straight up forfeit the rock. He's still the commissioner, even though McMahon's been tightening his grip recently. Well, Sergeant's sort of stumbling over his words somewhat. Uh, but I think the gist of it is 
Rock's got to uh, Rock's got ten seconds till he comes out here. Otherwise, he's going to strip him of the title and give it to Fruke. And now Slaughter's counting him down. Oh, I'm free. The Rock's music hits yet again. And the Rock's coming out here in a neck brace. And Timmy White's saying, come on, you can't compete. Rock's like, I've got no choice. And the King points out, and I'm going to say as well, what a man the Rock is. With a broken freaking neck, he's going to wrestle an hour later. What a man. Fruit's not going to wait around any longer. He wants his hands on a rock and one-on-one situation. Situation. Since the night after WrestleMania. And he slams him into barricade, slams him into the ring. Oh. Crutches him on the barricade as well. This man's got a broken neck, for God's sake. I don't think Fruit cares about that. <laughs> he rips the rock's uh, neck protection off. And now the rock has got no protection on whatsoever. And Fruit's going to use it as a weapon. And that hard neck brace across the rock's face. Well, Fruit's been dreaming of this moment for a long time. Brought the Rock into the nation. And then not only did Rock turn on him, he kicked him out of the group he formed. Ah. A huge clothesline. Now, let's not forget Ron Simmons, former WCW world champion. Former gridiron great. His number was retired. And Fruit's now going to go after the Rock. And the Rock doesn't want any. And of course, the Rock can get a count out or maybe DQ. That's probably what I'll do. Just get a chair and hit Fruit. <laughs> but like, there you go. The Rock can't take it anymore. You know, Fruit's beating him up. The Rock's getting his comeuppance. Fruit throwing him back into the ring. Doesn't want the rock to get counted out. You know, clubbing blows to the back. Fruit knows exactly where to target. Drops his head for the spine buster. Oh, but the rock fighting back. Kick to the chest and then clotheslined. Well, how tough is the rock to be able to have any offense in this match? Well, Fruit hanging over the apron. The rock down with the elbow. Straight onto Farouk. And does it again. Maybe he wants to break the neck of Fruit after what he did to the rock. Of course, the Intercontinental Champion, uh, Intercontinental Title on the line, Rock's Ember. Youngest Intercontinental Champion of all time as well, James. Yeah, so the Rock's got a lot of things going for him. He is definitely the future. And I would say Farouk is a step inside. The Rock has to get by, will he, tonight? Slams Farouk down. Looking for the people's elbow. Shoots the eyebrow. Bang. Bang. Hits the mark. And now goes for the cover. Bit nonchalantly, though. Oh, Simmons, mani- well, sorry, Farouk managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. The Rock may be a little bit shocked by that, but he is overconfident. Sometimes that works for him, sometimes it doesn't. He seems to be growing strength back now, the Rock is as well. Throwing those right hands. Uh-oh. Farouk desperately trying to fight back, but Rock's bringing a fight to him. Getting the upper hand. And now Rock, Irish ripping Farouk. Oh, Farouk with a comeback, though. Kicks the Rock low, slams him into the mat. Damn! It's not pretty, but it's effective, and he's targeting that neck. And now Farouk slamming the rock. Headbutt to the shoulder. Goes for the cover. The rock managing to kick out. Oh. Goldberg fucking sucks. And now I up to the rock. Rock dodges it. Plants him with the DDT. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh. Farouk kicking out a two. Rock goes for it again. Another two count. Two. And now Rock laying the boots down on Farouk. We see no nation in the finish yet either. Maybe the rock said to his boys... Look, I want to do this and prove that I'm a better person than Farouk. Well, the Nation have got their own match coming up, so they're probably preparing for that as well. Oh, no. Farouk hit the spinebuster. Goes for the cover, but the Rock cleverly rolling to his back, trying to block it. Rolling to his belly. Onto his belly, trying to block it. But Farouk's like, no, I'm going to go for cover anyway. No, the Rock had his foot on the bottom rope. Well, he counted three, but yeah, referee noticed it, said no. Fruit's getting frustrated. Does this give the Rock enough ch- time to recover? 
And now the rock from behind and Farouk. Farouk had eyes in the back of his head though. Saw it coming. Blocked the rock. Coming blows to the back of his neck. The rock takes out Farouk's feet. Rolls him up. Feet on the top rope. Manages <laughs> to get the victory. And the referee didn't see that. And oh, Farouk is not happy. He's got the rock. Oh, oh. plants him again with a seated pile driver. He's not finished. Farouk's lost his shit here tonight. The rule of the nation again. <laughs> no. Second seated pile driver. Owen Hart comes out. Well, finally, the nation out here. D-Lo, Karma, and Mark Henry. Well, this is finally going to stop the assault on the rock. But now this is uh, this is four on one. Oh, wait a minute. DX is out here. Do we even the numbers? That is Farouk DX's newest member. Well, the crowd are really into it, and I think they're just helping out. What is a horrible numbers game? And Triple H obviously got a problem with a nation. And X Park, the Outlaws, there. Where Rock gets uh, Karma and Own Heart. He is still a kind of champion. And he's using a t shirt as a kind of brace now. But DX can make the save. And, well, that's probably one of the biggest cheers of the night. Indeed, yes. I've expected more for that Rock Fruit match, to be fair, if it was going to be the end of it. And. They don't have another singles match on paper. I thought The Rock would win maybe cleaner than that. I think it would be fair to say. Especially Buster at the end. You were just kind of like, what? Did, was that actually a mistake or what? It was a bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah, and then the kind of the pin on the ropes by The Rock as well. Kind of overdone with you. would expect a rock bottom and a victory. And then you well, see... putting him over as a hill. You see a couple of words from Farouk and Triple H there. Yeah, I mean, it is, isn't it? You know, he's kind of crafty, getting the job done. And the King's not a fan of DX, they're trying to steal the spotlight, but I don't see it as that. So Kane is on his way to the ring and looking for retribution, revenge maybe? I mean, you have to go back February time to No Way Out paper before Kane and the Untaker even put hands on each other. And Kane taking out Vader, hit him over the head with a wrench. And then Vader recently returned to action. This is why Mask versus Mask, because Vader's apparently is horribly disfigured as well. And, of course, we all know about Vader, uh, Kane's burns, don't we? So, Well, as you know, as you're saying, it's, uh, it is a mask versus mask match. Will we see what Kane's hiding under is, or will we see Vader's horrible disfigurements under his mask? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't know what we're going to see. And, of course, we talk about horrible news recently. Uh, Paul Bear, of course, is the father of Kane. That's been uh, proved due to DNA testing. So it looks like Bear, Mrs. Untaker, was a very busy lady. Well, it's time, it's time, it's Vader time. Yep. There's been no sign of the Untaker, even though there was altercation between him and Kane on Raw. But Vader's out here and he's ready for action. Were you a fan of Vader? Not really. <laughs> the Mastodon is here. Yeah, so Vader's coming out here now. And I think they could have done a lot more with Vader. He debuted in January 96 in the uh, WWF, but with an injury, which meant... Then he had to write Matt's storylines for a few months. Uh, and he came back, never really the same. He lost to Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 96 for the title. Never, never really considered a kind of hill monster after that. I think it's a bit of a shame. I think he's definitely got the size. And I think what he could do in the ring, you know, Vader bombs and uh, moonsaults off the top, were quite impressive as well. But I think Kane, if we're looking at it now 20 years ago, Kane is definitely the future monster compared to what Vader's been. Vader's been hugely successful in Japan. Of course, let's not forget WCW as well, being champion. And Kane's still early into his career. He's only really faced John Taker K, Mankind, on pay-per-view since his uh, debut in October 97. See if this match is any different. I've got a feeling it could be a slobber knocker. 
It's definitely going to be a slugfest between these two big guys. Not going to see a classic catch-can style wrestling. I don't think you will. And Kane rocking Vader back to the corner. But Vader reverses the Irish whip. Oh, well, Vader with a suplex attempt. Kane reversing it and managing impressively to suplex Vader. Because he dropped the elbow, but Vader rolls out of the way in time. And just like the Undertaker sits straight back up again. Barely selling the move there. So Vader comes up with a different strategy. I do hope when Vader takes his mask off, it's the Undertaker underneath. I think that would be cool. <laughs> and he's clubbing to the back of the head of uh, Kane, just grabbing the hair, and then a big face-first clothesline. I think that was Vader with the offensive move. Didn't look like it at the end, though. Well, Kane getting up straight away. We've seen LOD not selling, but I think Kane no-sells for the right reasons. Yeah, well, Kane trying to get Irish whip there, Vader hanging on. Kane with a short-arm clothesline taking down the Mastodon. Vader sent it to the top turnbuckle now. Vader. Vader sent it to the top turnbuckle now. Kane with the right hands. Kane picks up Vader. Shows his strength. Vader must weigh at least 450 pounds here. At least 560 pounds, oh, yeah. God. And Kane, don't go wrong. He's got some height on him. He must be about seven foot two. Comes off the top rope. Oh, thunderous clothesline takedown on Vader. Just not forget, Kane was set on fire last month. And he's recovered brilliantly, I would say. The arm doesn't look damaged at all. Maybe it had burns on it already. Well, he's he's used to burns. I mean, I've heard a few rumours. Rumour has it. That Kane is horrifically burnt underneath that mask, oh. hence why he wears it. I've not even heard him talk. I don't think he can talk. I don't think. I think his vocal cords were damaged in the fire. That's what Bearer tells us. A man like Kane could never, ever be a senator. No, I don't think he could. And he big boots... Slow. Big boots Vader down, starts choking him. Well, he's at Yankton. And then he's slowly just dismantling Vader piece by piece as uh, his daddy watches on. After he slipped the salami to Mrs. Undertaker. Exactly. Bear is so happy to see his boy. And now the slugfest breaking out. That's what Vader's been doing, trying to win. Hold of Vader, uh, grabbing hold of Kane's face. These two big dogs. Well, this is bowling shoe ugly. But Kane rocks Vader. Kane trying to rip the mask of Vader off already. Not even waiting until the finish of this match. Just wearing a big man down. The longer this match goes on, I'm sure the long the more it favours Kane, he's carrying a lot less weight. The fans are certainly behind Vader. And they're helping him get back into this match until Kane halts it. He's got Vader around the throat looking for that dreaded choke slam. Oh, oh plants Vader. Well, that could break the mat and Vader rolls outside for the best thing to do. The ref trying to stop Kane, but Kane's scaring him. And what's Vader got his hand? Some sort of wrench. Hits Kane in the midsection. And clubs him across the back twice. And Bearer was distracting the referee, so Vader got away with it. Vader, Irish ripping Kane. Follows up with a big splash. And a huge clothesline. Now Kane getting dragged in position for the dreaded Vader bomb, perhaps. Now here comes Vader on the second rope. Kane's just about to beat the mask. No, wait a minute. He's going up to the top. <clears throat> here comes Vader with a moonsault. Oh. oh, but Kane, luckily enough, sitting up and getting out of the way. Washed flat if that had hit him. Well, it was all or nothing. And Vader hit nothing. And now Kane's looking to pick Vader up. He can't tombstone him. He's got him up. Oh! Tombstone down. Pins him, looks him right in the eyes. Free. Kane P. 
pins Vader. My God. And Bearer's walking into the ring and he's smirking. He's not not got a cigarette in his mouth. He's just happy that his son has beaten Vader. Now Vader has to be unmasked. But, um, I mean, that was ugly. And now Kane, talk about ugly. He's going to unmask Vader. Oh, my God. That's oh, bad. that is hideous. That is bad. Mask him up. My God, please put censorship on there. That's worse than seeing May Young's titties. And Paul Bearer, though, wants the Vader mask. And that suits him. <laughs> time. Maybe that's what he wore there. <laughs> and he's even doing the Vader thing. Well, Vader's a lot smaller than Bearer. So it is Bearer time. Well, he's happy about that as Kane comes out. Um, I didn't expect anything less from that match. I think that's what I can say about that. It was uh, it was bad, but I think that was a point to going at it. You expect the power moves, you expect the kind of slugfest that it was, and Kane gets a victory, and hopefully he can try and improve now. If he moves away from the Undertaker, he still becomes a part of him. It's nice that he's not uh, just a forgotten about, and he's going to be a big part of the future. Indeed, yes. Well, I don't think Vader is, though. Vader seems pretty upset right now. We talk about power, chokeslam, and the tombstone by Kane. One of my favourite promos of all time, oh, that is. Nothing but a big, pig, a fat piece of <laughs> shit. Yeah, he let everybody down. That's what he says to Michael Cole. And Vader said he made a mistake coming back. And uh, who can blame him? You know, Vader's not happy about it, so. He looks like an overweight hawk. <laughs> well, we'll find out what happens with that. Maybe it'll be the fourth member of LAD. Oh, Mark Cole's in the ring now. Mark Cole's going to introduce two greatest wrestlers of all time. King says, I didn't know. What did he say? Uh, I didn't know I was getting in the ring. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's two legends now. As far as Luna's not helping him out. Mad dog for Sean. We won't take you all the way to the ring, mate. Well, uh, if, you th- if you think Mad Dog's walking funny, you don't know why. It's because he's got a fake leg. Ah. And it's been used in a match on this podcast in Shawn Michaels versus Diesel where they... Pulled his leg off and used it there. But, yeah, he is a real innovator back in the day. I've just kind of been like, a, you know, the crazy wrestlers that we all know and love now. George the Animal still. Exactly. No, it's Milwaukee's own The Crusher. And I'm not going to go into detail because everybody knows about The Crusher. Oh, Mad Dog Vachon's finally not in the ring. <laughs> Bless him. So, are these two going to have a match? They're not going to have a match, oh. no. Oh, no. that would have been Fucking awesome. Mark Cole's paying tribute to the legends. And they'll be on Nitro next week. Wrestling match, oh man. So they don't do this at WrestleMania no more then? No. no. See, Mad Dog says Luna has the right stuff as King is belittling, berating this lovely moment. Well, Crush talking there. Just brilliant. But the King's had enough. King's not letting this happen. Oh, hang on a minute, Mad Dog. Don't get out just yet. <laughs> King says, you two old farts come out here. Crusher... Taking off his jacket. Cigar's not moved yet. Well, the king being his uh, heelish best. Couple of zingers there. And he's trying to get the wooden leg out. And now Crush has got the king. Oh! Well, the infamous polo punch and King scarpering. Oh, King. He's been beaten up by the Untaker, by Austin, and now by the Crusher. Mad Dog's down. <laughs> king is not taking this. <sighs> that old idiot hit him right in the throat and King ain't happy with that at all. <laughs> Ah, oh, nice handshake by Mad Dog and Crusher. Well, the King serious, so he's taking off his jacket. He's ready to wrestle. Real leg, real leg. Take the fake leg off. He's got the fake leg off. 
And Crush has got his T-shirt off now. Oh, dear. This is like the 70s all over again. The fans not a bit, Oh, King throws a leg. And then runs out of the ring. And this was what was going on in Attitude Era pay-per-views. And everybody said, oh, Attitude Era is the greatest pay-per-view. It's the greatest deal in the Attitude Era. Let's go back and watch Attitude Era. And then you get stuff like this. That's on there. <laughs> the Crusher and Mad Dog. Well, who doesn't love someone getting their leg, their false leg ripped <laughs> off? King's back in again. Oh, and he eats some foot. <laughs> is that a double team move? Yeah, double boot. At least Vachon got in some uh, offence. My God. Well, Mad Dog's going to go back and get legless. Well, Crusher dishes out a little bit more punishment. <laughs> King threatening to hit a child. Oh, well, there you go. Mad Dog leaves the area. Moving swiftly on with the... As, as if we could top Howling Mad Dick Murdoch and whatever his name is, the Crusher. Mad Dog Vachon. That's the one. <laughs> So after some legends, we're going to get the Degenerates coming out here now. Triple H led new improved from the night after WrestleMania. X-Puck, of course, the tag team champions, the New Age Outlaws, along with the world's strongest man, China. And this should be a great one going up against the nation. Should be an all-out war. It's a six-man tag match. And X-Puck's still not wrestled in WWE since returning yet. No. It's like cool about seeing old DX doing it, though, isn't it? Fox chop with the fireworks behind. It is indeed, yes. Just think two of the original members aren't there. Mm. Well, there's China holding the European title. Mm. Of course, Triple H holds it. Let's not forget, he is European champion. They've got the uh, tag team titles as well. They have all the gold. And they've been uh, on a war with uh, WCW this past month. Rex back so we can say something derogatory about WCW. <laughs> yeah, Bischoff is a homo. <laughs> Hogan's <Nah>. old. <laughs> <laughs> so now that was DX going through all their spiel and all the introductions. And now it's time for the nation. Own Hart has, you know, got the same leadership as The Rock they were saying a couple of weeks ago on Raw. So he might be leading the charge with D'Lo Brown and, of course, Karma, the Godfather, coming out here. And Mark Henry, Henry the manager. Yes. And uh, him and China have some history and some future. So does Eddie in China. Fucking hell. Everyone's been in China. So is that the Rock's theme, but just without the Rock talking over it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's basically what the nation is. But then again, when they came out, when Triple H was out in singles action, that was mainly the, just the DX theme, wasn't it? Mm. I know the Outlaws got, Outlaws got a different theme. But it's like d still wearing the nation from Farouk, and he? And so is Karma. It's Karma, yeah. Yeah. So they only really own hearts changed it up. Well, he never was part of the nation nation, was he? No, but he said he is now, and he said enough's enough. Change. Triple H always had the numbers, so he's going to team up with a nation. He was unsuccessful at WrestleMania 14 against Triple H, European title. And the King's still going on about the Crusher of Mad Dog Vachon. Uh, take it, um, Milwaukeeans don't like Canadians. So D-Lo's going to start off with uh, Road Dog. D-Lo's got the arm of Road Dog early, trying to twist it around. Got a hammerlock him, uh, but Road Dog de- easily escapes. Dilo with a big shoulder block there, showing off his skill and his uh, neck taunting. He has got my favourite neck taunts of all time, but he shouldn't be in the ring with Droz. Now he's talking trash to Road Dog. Now Dilo's got Road Dog on a side headlock. Again, shoulder block by Dilo takes Road Dog down, and another one runs right through the roadie. 
you might say the nation has the power advantage and then you see a shot of China and you're not sure. Indeed, yes. And uh, the most powerful man of the nation is standing ringside. I don't know what the uh, the reasoning behind that is. Uh, but to be truthful, might be because of a menacing presence, but it's probably because he can't wrestle that well. So he just get hidden in a kind of uh, management type of thing. But we were talking earlier about Oscar and Goldberg streak. Not many people who could beat both. And China here at ringside could definitely, I think, get the job done on both occasions. Same time. At, at the same time, the triple threat match, just pin them both. Well, two on one handicap match. Yeah. Oh, I've seen her on a lot of two on one handicap matches. But she wasn't at a handicap. <laughs> no, she wasn't in the wrestling ring. And Road Dog now with the arm drop on uh, D-Lo and a big right hand. And Road Dog's up and dancing and telling the rest of the nation to uh, a suck it. He gets a thumb to the eye from D-Lo, though, who tags in Owen Hart, who hops over the top rope <laughs> and runs straight into a clothesline from badass. Well, Billy's there, and he means business, and he powers Owen back to the turnbuckle. Some big right hands and a kick to the midsection. Irish rip to Owen Hart, and then picking him up. Gorilla Press slamming him down. Got the muscles on Billy. Billy's got some guns. But Owen's got Hart as he gets Gorilla pressed up again. Dodges from behind. Hart with a backslide. Billy holds onto the top rope but Ooh. gets caught in a spinning heel kick. Billy Irish ripped dropped. And now Owen going to go for the sharpshooter early. Oh, but he gets a thumb to the eyes for his trouble. Tags in Triple H. And Triple H has had Owen Hart's number. But it's the first time they've been in the ring. In a long time on pay-per-view, and that Triple H has been cheered. And now look at the rapid-fire right hands by Triple H. Triple H has said before, Owen Hart's like a scab. Just can't get rid of. He's like a nugget. But your atomic drops Triple H. Oh, and a tilt-a-well backbreaker. Very impressive from Hunter. But Owen gets his shoulder up at two. Two. So when do they come out dressed as a nation in the most racist skit ever? It's coming up. It will be the next couple of months. It's very racist. Literally from now on until September, it's Nation VDX. Not every paper involves it. They start getting X-Pac involved with European title and stuff. Now Road Dog with a snapmare on Owen Hart. Oh, lovely leg drop. Goes for the cover. Ooh. Oh, but Owen managing to kick out. Ah. Uh. <coughs> just looks happy to be there. Oh, come on now. The referee must have seen that. <laughs> Triple H went into Owen, Owen hit with a low blow. Come on now. In comes Karma. Well, Karma's out to get Triple H, sends him into the top turnbuckle. Now, a huge right hand. Irish ripped to the opposite corner, follows up with a big splash. Mark Henry's like, yeah, that's where you do it. He'll keep a close eye out on the action as well. But at least Triple H has got the outlaws in his corner. They talk about great tag team wrestling. They know exactly how to do it. But he tags in. Going after Karma. Karma with a kick to the midsection. Thank God Mr. Ass is not going against Dick Togo. And D'Lo tags himself in. And he's beating down on Billy. Billy getting uh, beaten up that often. Catch him in the moves that don't work. The slingshot to the turnbuckle. And then follows up with a thunderous clothesline. Now Mr. Ass back to his feet. Tags in Triple H. Now Triple H stumping a mud hole and walking it dry in the corner on D'Lo. And then telling him to... Oh, Triple H with big right hand, D'Lo and Owen. Telling the crowd, go fuck themselves. 
Drop tie high by Triple H. Shake, rattle and knee drop. Going for the cover, but D'Lo managing to get shot up at two. Two. D'Lo getting beaten out. Kim makes a good point about weak links, and they probably think it's D'Lo. I mean, DX, probably got to say it's Road Dog being a weak link. Um, I don't know. Because the Road Dog has been... He's got some intelligence that the other two might not have. And now Billy's got D'Lo. Going to try and suplex him. Lovely suplex by Mr. Ass. Goes for the cover, but D'Lo again... Showing his toughness to get the shoulder up. You've got to think now. I've been focusing on D-Lo these past five minutes or so. It's been DX. It's not been your kind of normal tag team match where the kind of hills are in control. Karma and Own Hut just taking their time. This is basically a tag team division at the moment. You've got DOA, LOD, DX and the Nation. Let's see more DX Nation. Triple yes. H tells D-Lo to suck it. Drops the knee to his forehead. Goes for cover. Two... The karma in to break it up. Yeah, I think he's finally had enough. x Pop with a cheap shot on D'Lo Brown. I didn't think the kind King liked DX. No, he didn't, but he liked that. Maybe he just likes anything that's uh, underhanded. D'Lo finally gets his tag out, load the karma. He's choking out Rodog on a turnbuckle. Rodog coming out, fighting out of it. The old roadie. Owen Hart with a cheap shot to the back of the head of Rodog. But clocks, uh, clocks Owen Hart, knocks him off. But Karma, straight back on the attack. Yep, Blue Blazer hits the barricade. Sexual chocolate lair watching on alongside Rockabilly and Hunt Hearst Helmsley. Of course, and the 1-2-3 three, three kid at ringside. Nice move by the Godfather. Yes, and the one Billy Gunn looking to get back into the action. D'Lo Brown's the only one that hasn't got enough radius, has he? No, he's never changed. He was in that weird group with Mosh, wasn't he, when they were with Tiger Ali Singh, but count that. I think that was just punishment for, you know, the whole Droz thing. Owen now's got Road Dog. He's tagged himself in and he's pole driven Road Dog going for the win. Road Dog managed to kick out. Uh-huh. And he's definitely calling the shots in this one, telling Karma and Dino what to do. Owen now with a beautiful going for cover again, Road Dog. Doesn't get the shoulder up because Triple H has to pull him off. See, and Owen saying, come on, quick, come in, come in. Triple H is distracted. Oh, and they rip apart the legs of the roadie. Dilo's in. Referee's asking, you get tag Mark Henry? He said, yeah, we got the tag. I believe him. It looks like he'll be an upstanding individual. Indeed, yes. But Dilo, he is the longest serving member of the nation. He is. And I think he may be. Oh, Roadog's going to go cover him. Obviously, apart from uh, Owen Hart, you know, like I said, he's the workhorse. You're always going to stick him in there, aren't you? Because he can get the job done. I think that's what his role's been with the nation. Just get the ship kicked out of him. Oh, we see him get a stun him on top of the fucking stone cold pickup truck, didn't we? Yes, we did indeed. So Dino likes to take a lot of punishment. He's wearing down Road Dog now. China just watching on intently. Road Dog trying to get up from the submission. Oh, but D'Lo had a handful of hair, rips Road Dog back down to the mat. Oh, now Road Dog, shake, rattle and roll. But D'Lo catches him, sky high. <laughs> D'Lo's in the neck as well, that's what we like to see. Goes for the cover, but I think it took too long. Billy Low has to stop that. Yeah, didn't know like Road Dog was going to kick out. Oh. Now Owen in, pretend to make the tag. Owen Irish whip, Road Dog dodges it. Flying crossbody by the road. He goes for the cover, but Owen managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. And now Owen's going to go for the sharpshoot on Road Dog. 
Triple H gradually making his way into the ring. Picking his spot. Sharpshooter. That's twice now. It's been stopped. Owen tags in Karma. Karma slams down Rodog and he's looking to go up. Vader bomb. No. Now Karma with a close on a Rodog. <clears throat> and Jesse James managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Now back to the sleeper. It's more of a chin lock, isn't it? Karma's got the submission in. Bodog struggling, maybe fading a little bit. Referee's going to check his arm. Oh. Well, it's got to go down three times. Two. If it goes down again, means the match is over. For... Oh, <laughs> no. His left hand catches his right hand from falling. And now Rhodey's trying to get his way back into this match. Couple of elbows to the midsection. Sunset flip. Oh, no, in oh. stopping the referee, so he can't see the pin. Even though there wasn't one. And D'Lo in now with Rodog. And now, as, as you say, you know, D'Lo was beaten down by DX, and now it's Rodey's turn to get beaten down by the nation. Yeah, Rodog is in serious trouble. D'Lo now going to go up. He's going to get the D'Lo. Moonsault, and now go for the cover, but I don't think the shoulders are down. Triple H's like, come on, ref. Shoulders have got to be down. Now D'Lo off the second rope. I thought he was going to go for an elbow drop, but he actually hit, well, looked to hit a senton. Well, Rodog dodged the momentum. D'Lo went splat, and now Rodog looking to tag in either Billy or Trips. D'Lo took his time to stop Rodog. Rodog crawled under the leg, like tagged in Billy. Oh, on fire, baby. Takes down D'Lo, takes down Owen, takes down Karma. Turns his attentions back to D'Lo. High back body drop. Close lines Owen, close lines Karma. I think Billy's got one of the best hot tags in. And now Triple H's coming to stop Karma. Rodog with Owen. Karma's always going to find you though, James. And it's Billy and D'Lo in the corner. Irish whip reversed by D'Lo. China's got Owen Hart. Famous Mark, by Billy Gunn. Mark Henry's going around there to pull China off. Karma with Triple H, but they're going their separate ways now. And now Billy's got thrown the title belt. D'Lo's up. Spiked pile driver. Well, the referee can't see it. Karma gets... Well, no, Karma throws Billy out. Triple H throws Karma out. The referee's trying to control China and X-Pac. Owen's in. Owen's got Triple H in a pedigree. <laughs> Pedigree's Triple H onto the title. And now Owen go for the cover. One, One two, two, three. And Owen Hart gets the victory over Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Owen Hart's first speech since they've been feuding. But uh, fair enough there. I mean, it it went a bit crazy at the end, but what are your thoughts on that match? That was quite an entertaining match. It was uh, definitely improvement on what we've seen earlier. And yeah, you know, it was... Uh, there's a good lot of talent in these six guys, as well as, you know, who's at the ringside as well. Yeah, and we're keeping them apart still, you know. The Rock's still being kept apart from Triple H right there. Triple H actually getting pinned. Makes Owen Hart look a bit of a, I would say, an equal in that respect. And I think it's a good business decision in joining the nation. I think the nation definitely needed the victory in this one, though. Look at DX, they're popular no matter what. So I think with the nation getting the win, they needed it. It's been a great night for the nation, and then we can hopefully move on with the kind of DX nation feud in the next few months. So no, I was really pleased by that.
Let's see if we can see any replays. What happened? Mark Henry, like I said, took China off the apron. China outpowering the world's strongest man. So Triple H brought it in. It was his own downfall in the end. Before Dross was crippled, they used to use a fucking pile driver an awful lot, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, it's considering it nearly crippled Austin like a year ago, and they were still pile driving everybody. <laughs> Jimmy JR. Poor Triple H knows first into that title. <laughs> well, he, we'll have to check later on with the doctors, make sure there's no permanent damage. And next, Buck and Child aren't happy. But up next, it is the WF Championship. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Dude Love. But there's so many carriers to it. We've got a guest referee. Mr. McMahon. We've got a guest timekeeper. Jerry Briscoe. And, of course, a guest ring announcer. Pat Patterson. So how can he overcome these odds? Let's have a look at the promo. Should I fire Stone Cold Steve Austin? Not yet. The number one contender for the WWF title. I am Dude Love. And over the edge... Vince McMahon might have stacked the cards against Stone Cold Steve Austin by having a little timekeeper. The esteemed Gerald Briscoe. Uh-oh. A bell ringer. Hall of Famer, Pat Patterson. And himself as a special referee. I don't care if it's Stone Cold or who he is, there's no way he can overcome these odds. But I really don't give a red ass about all that. It was one individual... And only one individual, me. That person drained the venom from the rattlesnake's poisonous head. Me. I assaulted. I assaulted Stone Cold Steve Austin and got away with it. I thank you very much. Wow. Oh, look out. Oh, no. This is a fun to pick up right here. Here comes the rattlesnake. You are the world's dumbest son of a bitch. So, since I was assaulted, I want you to do your job and arrest that piece of trash right now. I apologize to the former WWF champion. Now unhandcuffed. That's not how you get. I ain't gonna accept that. I ain't gonna accept that. Take his ass to jail. I ain't gonna apologize. No, 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 no. Let me try it again. I apologize. I accept this apology. He's a good kid. How dare you have me arrested in public like a common criminal and then place conditions upon my release. A condition of apology, which I did not mean. Another condition that should someone volunteer to stand guard while I officiate the match at the pay-per-view this Sunday to ensure that I call the match fair and square. 
I accept that condition too because there isn't one WWF superstar on the roster that can intimidate me. Not one. What's he doing, JR? As we mentioned on the opening credits to this pay-per-view, it is all about Austin and McMahon. Been literally no mention of Dude Love in this entire promo. It's all about Austin and McMahon's game of one-upmanship, and you know that these two they would have a pivotal part to play in the whole Attitude Era. And you know it is good to see how this escalates and how this goes on between these two guys. Yeah, most definitely. We've seen it at Raw, haven't we? This past month, the kind of uh, dude love being manipulated to be a part of this by Vince McMahon, and so you've got to go out there and destroy your best friend Terry Funk. You know, pull his heart and have the heart above your head, and then you'll be number one contender. And he's doing it again now, and it's all about using people and provoking him. He's using Joey Briscoe, Pat Patterson, Sergeant Slaughter to his whim. You know, is he used them as the Stooges? He says no one is intimidated by Vincent Mann. That's why no one's going to stand in Stone Cold Steve Austin's corner. He, he's the most powerful man in the wrestling world. And the only reason he can't get rid of Austin, even though he hit him with a chair at Unforgiven, is the fact is he wants to make Austin's life a living hell. We saw that kind of famous look after being arrested on Raw by um, admitting that he assaulted Stone Cold Steve Austin and then that kind of look of pure evil as he got released from the uh, police car. And he wants, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Austin as no longer WF champion and he'll do anything. to come. And we see uh, Doc Hendricks as well talking to Vincent Mann, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson backstage. Big man, the moment of truth is upon us and perhaps you are the only person in this building that can answer this question. When the final bell rings tonight, will we have a new WWF champion? That's up to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, you know, whether he wins or loses, not up to anybody else. I'm going to be very, very impartial, unbiased. And you gentlemen can do your jobs as well, I assume. Yes, sir, Mr. McMahon. I can't wait. For me, I can't wait to announce a new champion tonight. This has been my dream. It's not a guarantee. I mean, I am going to uh, call it fair and square. However, let me say this. If Stone Cold Steve Austin in any way assaults me at any time during this match, I will stop the match, strip him of the title, and award the WWF Championship to Dude Love. And let me say this, by my hand only will this match end. If I give the timekeeper, wait a minute, if I give the timekeeper the signal to ring the bell, then it's over. If I count one, two, three, it's over by my hand hand only. All right. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. J.R. King, back to you. Here we go.
Vince says, the only way this match is end, this only way this match ends here tonight is when my hand hits the mat. One, two, three. No other way, no other referee. Nothing can get involved in this. So now Finkel's got a list, a long line of notes introducing Pat Patterson, of course, the first ever Intercontinental Champion. He comes out here and the crowd go banana. A role model for children, a friend to us all. Does that explain Pat Patterson or not? They've got Briscoe coming out here and he's smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's just got a mouthful of jizz. And the Briscoe bros, and he's got the phone number there of the uh, body repair shop. As Gene comes out, Gene, sorry, Jerry comes out here. <laughs> Telling us the location as well. It's great, great advertising. 813-879-4421. Yeah, you wondered why it was so long. I'd rather fucking Mad Dog Vashon walk out into the <laughs> ring and then fucking walk out again. Actually, there are pay-per-views, everybody. Patterson, <laughs> Briscoe are doing Hall of Fame-worthy long induction ceremonies. My God, and look, McMahon gets introduced and he is jacked for this one. And he's getting a Roman Reigns reception. And he's getting shit thrown at him as well. Not very nice uh, welcome here. And the king, there you go. Standard ovation by the king. What a nice guy Jerry is. Well, apart from taking the man's leg earlier, but we'll skip over that bit. My man is intimidated by no one. That fan in the crowd, fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> Shakes Patterson's hand. Shakes Briscoe's hand. Here we go, another introduction. So then Patterson introducing Dude Love's rags to riches like story. Here comes Dude Love. Dude Love. Dude's coming out, his teeth intact, his hair's still cool, and he's got the jacket on. So they're all happy with each other. Dude Love and McMahon, look at this. Uh, Lovely. They're already celebrating like they are. WWE champion. Oh, look at how did he do that? That's magic. So, really long entrances for Patterson, Briscoe, Dude Love, Vincent Mann. And what about Stone Cold Steve Austin, eh? He's a beer-swilling fool. A foul-mouthed Burke. And only a disgrace for every human being alive today. And he gets cheers. And he's not going to introduce a bum, and that's all he's going to say. He usually gets introduced to bums. Oh, anyway, let's stop it now. He does a lot of rear-end work for the Briscoe brothers. Okay, right, let's see the reception of the WF champion. And a huge pop for Austin. Everyone is on their feet. This is one of my favourite matches. As, well, I can say it out loud. This is one of my favourite matches as well. Austin versus Dude Love over the edge. Kind of why I picked this pay-per-view. Here comes Austin now. Not that it fits in with a timeline. It fits in with a timeline, but we could have done Unforgiven, couldn't we, in April? We could have done. But the SOB's out here, 3-16. Like I said, these two men went off at Unforgiven. It was a great match as well. But this is no disqualification. And Austin classically going to all four corners. Massive response from everyone. And Vince does not seem happy by it. Inside he is, though. <laughs> Inside. Yeah. Money, 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 money. And now McMahon wants the WF Championship. He's got to have it. And Austin doesn't want to hand it over. Will this be the last time? It will be in the hands of the Rattlesnake. Well, the numbers certainly are against Austin. It is... A four-on-one disadvantage for him. That's what it's all about, folks. WF title. So it's nothing to do with Austin and Vince. <laughs> That's what my man said when he lifted it. He has a title over, and here we go. I think we can say that Austin... Uh, can say firmly Austin fans here. 
I'd, I'd agree with you on that one, yeah. When you hear the broken glass, Stone Cold is going to whip your ass. McMahon's going to call for the bell. Wait a minute. And McMahon's face <laughs> is a picture. The lights go out, the bells toll. That can only mean one thing. There is one man who wants to stand up to Vincent Mann. One man is not intimidated by Vincent Mann, and that is The Undertaker. Not a bad person to have in your corner. Definitely not, no. We haven't seen him wrestle on tonight's card, so Undertaker is as fresh as a daisy. And he's there to make sure that the right thing happens here tonight. JR says, no one does pay-per-view like World Wrestling Federation. I think no one does main events like the World Wrestling Federation, probably fair to say. Yeah. The explosion there. I just think Austin McMahon, Duke, Mick Foley and The Undertaker. So much history. And Austin seems happy by it. I think I would. Most definitely, yeah. He certainly is an equaliser to have in your corner. I know McMahon's furious by it, but the match has got to get started. <laughs> Come on, fight. So let's get there. And dude's like, what's going on? And a collar and elbow tarp to start. This might be a scientific classic. Oh, both men jockeying for position in the corner. Vince trying to split him up. Vince said he wants a clean match. Uh-oh. And Austin tells Vince he's number one. <laughs> and the man, just so annoyed by it. It's great. Can't put his hands on the referee. He can't put his fingers up to him. <laughs> Dude, love grabs Austin, but Austin pushed him off. Oh. It's quite a fast count there from the ref. It wasn't even Austin saying that. Man swallows hard and says, nah, I'm going to count like that all throughout the night. And the untaker getting up on the apron. <laughs> well, he did choke slam Vincent Man on Monday. And the fans definitely behind Stone Cold. All it took was one look by Austin at the crowd and they're behind him. Now, Austin with a side headlock to Dude. He lifts the knee to the midsection, goes for another cover. Austin kicking out a one. Oh. Now, side headlock with man trying to count Austin down even though his shoulders aren't. Quick glance to the Undertaker from McMahon. Oh, and a back elbow there might knock the teeth out of Dude Love. And a side headlock by Austin, and McMahon's counting Dude's shoulders down, so that's fair enough. Not as fast as the Austin count, though. And a chant of Vince is dead because the Undertaker's there. But as JR says, Dude and Austin have got a lot of history as well, former champions together. Both men tying up in the ropes. Austin looking for a clean break, but Dude Love doesn't give him one. Oh, sure, but Austin reverses. Kick to the midsection. And he just slams Love down to the mat. And it's Dude's teeth falling out. <laughs> and Austin crushes him. Oh. That would be a nice memento for someone in the crowd. The dude's already had his teeth knocked out. <laughs> now, dude, level the right hands in the corner to Austin. He's upset about his teeth. Irish whip, Austin ducks underneath. Lou Fez press. Starts wailing away with the big right hands. Oh, and then eliminates dude, love, from the rumble aggressively. The way dude just, yeah, throws himself to the ground. It's no wonder he retired early. And Austin going after dude now. The Undertaker watching on. Right to Barry Cade. Irish rip reversal, throws Austin into the steel steps. My man basically saying to dude, come on now, keep on the attack. 
Do love bouncing Austin's head off the steel steps. And two years ago in June, not only was Austin winning the King of the Ring in this very arena, but Mankind beat The Undertaker. Wow, and it was the inception of Austin 316 in this place. Oh, and a Russian leg sweep by Dude, but man's in position. Only a two count, though. Two. Well, let's go. Stone Cold chances, Dude. He's just biting Austin in the corner, but man doing nothing about it. And an aggressive Irish whip into the corner. I think Austin might have broken a rib or two. Now, Dude with the elbow drop right on the uh, point of impact that Austin had earlier. Head first into the turnbuck as well. Irish whip. Follows it up with a big knee to the ribs. And Austin won't stay down. Dude keeps trying to pin him. But the man's trying to press the dude into it as well. He's going a quick pressing. Irish whip to Austin. Lovely swinging net breaker from Stone Cold. And now Austin wants dude up. Clotheslines him straight back down again. Oh, third time's a charm. Dude gets sent to the top turnbuckle. Now Austin just stomping dude. Irish whip reversed by Dude Love, though. Austin tries coming out of a clothesline. Dude ducks it. Locks in the mandible claw. Oh, mandible claw. It's going to be over. No, Austin throws him out and traps him head first in the top rope. And Dude's stuck there, but he's still got the mandible claw in or the love handle. Oh. Gets his head free. Well, that's how near in Germany when his uh, head got caught between the ropes. So he thought he'd try it again. And the Undertaker, an imposing presence behind McMahon. <laughs> Vince notices it and uh, kind of scurries away a bit. Well, I don't know how dude's up, but you now he's got Austin. Oh! Throws him across the Spanish announce table. And I think he took up Spanish announce. Well, Hugo Savinovich. Well, not big Hugo. He is. He's down. There he is. He's down. He's blocking himself. Hugo down. Oh, and Patterson says it's no disqualification. So it started off as a normal singles match, turned into a no-DQ match. So they're making the rules up as they go then, James. Well, it looks that way. I'm a man, any possible way of stopping Austin becoming WF champion. Now, dude's got the uh, cable. Dude, love is the cable guy. He is, and he's choking Stone Cold. And then if it goes... Oh, fuck! But Austin throws him. I think he hits Jerry Briscoe. Oh, dude took out Jerry... And they get sent to barricade. And he's mounted Dude Love and the barricade, punching away at the back of Love's head. And then bounces him head first, clotheslines him into the crowd. (laughs) Fucking hell. On the concrete, Austin gets greeted with cheers and Dude Love there with a sick bump. And Vince is saying, look, get back into the ring, but Austin refusing. Well, easier said than done. But Austin hunting down Dude. (laughs) <laughs> walking all over Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking just looking on and dude gets clothesline again. Dude throw back in. And that's why love is the king of hardcore. Well, well mankind is always sorry, should I say. Cactus Jack, whatever you want to call him, now he's on the second rope. Oh, oh. <laughs> Dude Love bounces out uh Dude Love's like kind of falls out of the way, Austin <laughs> bounces off the middle rope. Briscoe's alright. He's still got the uh, time. Still got the time. Keep his uh, hammer in his hand. Now here comes Dude. Baseball slides Austin out of the ring. He's not going to go flying, is he? No. Here comes Dude, running up to Austin. Oh, that was a terrible swinging neck breaker. Looked more like a fucking half diamond cutter on Austin. But on the cold concrete floor, 
What's that man telling Patson now? So it's a no DQ, fools count anywhere match. And JR is going absolutely mental on commentary. It's a travesty. And dude now going to go try and backslide Austin. And only a two count. Two. Now D stomping away, maybe shucking and jiving a little bit. Well, he works well. Fools count anywhere. <laughs> and Austin straight back up to his feet, runs towards Love like a steam train. Takes him down. Oh my god, now he's got dude. Here comes Austin, another huge clothesline. Oh, oh gets backdropped, his feet shatter the window. Then his head hits the concrete. It has his lights to come on, which is good. Going for the cover. Oh. But Austin managing to kick out. Oh. Well man is giving Do Love every possible way to win this match. He gets sent into the bonnet. Going for the cover on there. My man getting more and more frustrated. Austin fighting back to the crowd's delight, but gets stopped in his track by Dude. Dude running to Austin. <laughs> and he gets face planted onto the back of a car. Now Austin going for the cover. And McMahon was counting this, a fair play to him, but Dude got a shoulder up at two. Two. And the Untaker's come out to Nanigans. So's Briscoe with a ring bell and hammer. And what is he doing there? And Dude gets slammed on the car. And now Austin's got Dude. And they're on top of that car. And there's a lamppost there that Austin's using. Stunner! Oh! Now Austin gets thrown, pushed over the bonnet of a car and hits the concrete below. Well, dude saves himself. Austin went face first, right over the edge. Hey, and now dude's on the car. Oh! oh sunset flip. One, two. Oh. oh, but Austin managing to kick out. Oh. Well, I think Duke can believe this and sends Austin into barricade. We see a replay of the bump. And now what has Duke got in his hand? He's got a big pole. He's got a huge metal pole. And he's going to use it on Stone Cold. Oh, right in the back of Austin. And bounces his head off the boot of the car. But Austin fighting back. And look at Austin. He might be busted open, but he's pissed off now. Going to go for a pole driver on Dude. No, dude with the backdrop stopping Austin in his tracks. Goes for the cover. One, two. No. Oh, only getting a two count. Two. Now, dude, love might attempt to suplex himself. Catches it. McMahon saying go for the cover and do say no. Where the hell's dude love going? Is he just walking away? <laughs> no, he's climbing on top of the car. Oh, my God. That's where Austin was thrown off earlier. And what is Dude going to do? Not an elbow. Oh! Austin rolls out of the way. Dude love elbows the concrete floor. Now Austin go for the cover. <laughs> Vince, I think he was thinking about counting a bit slower, but with the Undertaker's presence, he was scared into it. And now Austin kicking Dude all the way back down to ringside. Throws Dude into the still steps. Throws Dude back in. Austin busted wide open. One of the best guys to be busted wide open as well, isn't it? Always look good on him. Crimson mask by Stone Cold. Can out Dude on the second rope. Oh, Patson grabs Austin leg. Long enough distraction for Dude Love to get back on it. Oh, dude hits a clothesline. Now he's just punching away at Austin's busted open head. Well, now Dude exposes a turnbuckle. Bounces Austin's head off the corner. Just trouble on Dude now. Just focusing on the head. 
You know, Nicholas catch his forearms in the corner, sets him up for the knee. Oh, boom. Runs in with a big knee. Looks out. For a second time, Dude Love bounces Austin's head off the exposed turnbuckle. But he's not gone for the cover. He's just trying to hurt Austin. Austin getting back to his feet. Now fighting with everything he's got. Some elbows, some big right hands. Oh, no. <laughs> Third time lucky for Dude. Sends him into the exposed turnbuckle. Oh. Austin still managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. And I thought that was it then. And Dude, what's he want? He wants a steel chair. <laughs> oh, chair to the midsection. And straight across the back. Now, dude's going to set him up. Double arm DDT on the chair. That is it. We've got a new champ. One, two. two. Oh! How the hell did he manage to get his shoulder up? But Austin did kick out. Ah! Dude can't believe it, and he's got the chair. One more shot for Austin. Oh! Dude was running along with a chair. Austin got his foot up, and the chair went straight into Dude Love's face. Then a wicked clothesline downs Dude. Austin's got the chair. Uh-oh. Batter up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Austin nearly hits himself in the face. Straight across the cranium with a steel chair. And McMahon is not counting. JR can't believe it, and he didn't. He thinks this is over, and he didn't count. I thought that's why The Undertaker was there. Well, if you don't count, you're made... Oh! <laughs> Dude trying to hit Austin. Austin Dodge McMahon is out. Austin, stunner. Stun him on, dude. That's it. Come on, someone count. Here comes the referee. referee. coming. Mike Kyoda. One, two. two. Pat Patterson, what are you doing? Knocking out the referee. Undertaker's not really keeping keeping matters above board. No, Mandible Claw by Dude Love. And he's got Austin. This is going to be it. Patterson's in. He's going to act as an official. Going for the cover. And Austin putting Patterson out. Patterson's in trouble. Caught by the throat. No! <laughs> he gets choke slammed through the announce table. Oh my god! Dude, love with the cover. This is going to help him. He goes Briscoe. One, two. Oh no! Briscoe! No. <laughs> is he going to go for a ride? Not a second, Stooge! No! <laughs> Dude's up He's got a manimal claw Still in Austin Oh Kick to the midsection oh. Or kick low blow Stunner 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 Referee's not there Austin's got McMahon McMahon's out Austin going for the cover One, One Two, two Three, three. <laughs> Austin does it and by that man's hand, he counts a three for Austin retaining here tonight. Thanks in part to the Undertaker, who just choked slammed Patterson and Briscoe for announce table. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about that for a main event match, Dan? That was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Compared to the shower of shite we've had for the rest of the card. My favourite matches, and I'm glad it still holds up to this day. Basically, I didn't think you want in a main event match. Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> Get that man a beer. <laughs> Well, brilliant way to end. And Undertaker looks on, and he knows he wants to face Austin down the road. 
But my man tonight gets faulted by Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're not finished yet between Oscar, but we have finished this one. Unbelievable stuff, Dan. Um, wow. Well, what a great main event that was, and that kind of saved for me the whole show, if you know what I mean. Uh, but we will go back as Austin lifts the WF Championship. Um, well, what an end for a pay-per-view as well. It makes you feel good about yourself, doesn't it? It's like, wow, that's fucking really it good. Does, yeah. Anyway, so let's go back. Um, match one is LOD versus DOA. Dan, what are your thoughts and gore? That was absolutely awful. Um, there was nothing special about the match whatsoever. Nothing stood out. These, you know, LOD, I think they're getting past it now. And as for DOA, they never had it to get past it. So I gave that a 2.5. Yeah, I gave that a 2 out of 5 as well. No, 2.5. Uh, what, 2.5, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave that a 2 out of 5 I think you've been too nice it was a shit shambles and nothing to really save it by Len let's just see a replay of Austin get knocked out there you go puts his finger up at Austin and then gets hit by the chair yes so up next we had a singles match Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee versus Steve Blackman there's Patterson going to get choked down by the Undertaker I want to do that announce table <laughs> he nearly killed him uh, and then, dude, thought he had it. Oh, stunner by Austin's hand. My God. By Vince McMahon's hand. By Vince McMahon's hand. Austin said he would get the win. Uh, yeah, so match two, Blackman versus Jeff Jarrett. I mean, this was a contender for match of the night for me. I think these two men um, just worked so well together, you know. We kind of had the feud before with uh, Tennessee Lee getting involved, costing Blackman. Uh, no, I'm joking. The match was, again, awful. Two out of five. Yes, uh, all I've got is poor. To me as well. Match three, Mero versus Sable. Yes, it was It was an interesting bit of storytelling. I I really didn't expect to see uh, such a competitive match between these two. But, it, you know, I think it was probably the right way to do that, and I gave that a two and a half out of five. I think it was just mainly for the storytelling yeah no I, I gave that three out of five um like i said it wasn't a match it was just a story and i think mary come across as an arsehole when you felt sorry for sable so i think the angle worked uh match for kindside versus bradshaw and tacker uh I, I quite enjoyed this like i said i think kindside quite a good team in themselves it's just a shame bradshaw's involved in it but i think the match is quite cool i gave it three and a half out of five i gave that a three out of five it was a vast improvement on the first three matches we saw um, match five was Rock, Rock, Rock versus Farouk. Yes, sir. Uh, Hill Rock was portrayed. It's it's something you know you don't see it that often. He he was always on the background throughout the majority of the match. Managed to save himself by getting his bottom foot on the rope, then won it by uh, having both feet on the top turnbuckle. Yeah. You know, with a pinfall victory. I gave that a three and, uh, you know, good heel rock. I gave that two and a half. Um, weird finish and I was expecting more for such a grudge match. Another grudge match, match six. I think it's offered more. I think we saw more of it that they really disliked each other. Even though, why was a mask on the line when Vader had no physical scars at all? Why don't it just add something to it or do something like that? Because otherwise it's pointless. You just want Kane to lose. Uh, well, I gave that a three out of five. Uh, I gave that a three and a half out of five. I thought Kane looked good. Yeah. He looked really strong and, you know, he looked really hard to beat. A good monster heel. 
DX versus Nation. <clears throat> Again, it wasn't a terrible match. It was, I think, all six men in the ring had very good chemistry together. They all worked really well. You know, Nation as a team, DX as a team, and, you know, with the enforcers on the outside as well. It was, you know, there was a lot. I do like a good bit of melee when you're coming towards the end of a six-man tag as well. And I gave that a three and a half out of five. Yeah, I gave that three and three quarters just because I like the untapped potential in the match. I mean, the match, yeah, give or take, we could have seen that on Raw, but with the Rock involved in a kind of Nation DX thing, I think that'd be cool. Main event, match A, Austin versus Dude. I mean, this is one of my favourite ones. I, I I do love it. It's, it's a proper uh, kind of balls out WF title match and this kind of summed up Austin brilliantly you know busted open and doing all this weird shit and credit must go to do love to take the amount of bumps that he takes in this match to make Austin look good uh, and I think the, the way they used the cars and the set was brilliant the way they moved through the fans and that closing bit with Untaker choke slamming Pats in the Briscoe for the announce table and Austin of course using McMahon I think it's just a really well told story I think top marks I think this is the difference now between uh, WSW and WWE, where the main event uh, is not only delivering in match but storyline as well, where I don't think WSW is. So I gave that five out of five. I think it's just fantastic, Dan. Uh, I gave that a five as well, and I, and I just all I had was perfect. It had everything you needed in a match for Austin, who's you know clearly the baby face to go and have the odds stacked against him. We did have a sort of an equaliser in the Undertaker at ringside, but the Undertaker didn't get involved in Austin's favour. Yeah. And, you know, I think Vince and his Hill characters portrayed really well in it as well. And, yeah, you know, it's it's one of their matches. Both these guys had a brilliant chemistry. And, yeah, you know, it was... It was just great. Yeah, and, it, and you want to know what's going to be the fallout from this, what McMahon's going to do to get back at Austin. And like I said, that look between the Untaker and Austin as well, it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to meet down the road and we are on the road, we are on the highway to hell when it comes to the lows two meeting each other. Uh, and I think it's just really well done. But rating for pay-per-view, I've got to say that apart from the main event match, they all work. I could replace most of these matches here. And we'll see that as Attitude Era progresses about the mid-card and the lower-card talent proving. So I've got to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Well, it was in part saved by that main event. But I think, you know, the other bits of storytelling in there was quite entertaining as well. The Mark Merrow-Sable saga, you know, what's going to happen with Sable? Will she ever return? You've got The Rock and Farouk. Will there be any backlash from Farouk? Because, you know, The Rock did win under dastardly circumstances. And I'd like to see the Nation and DX fight progress and, you know, have the two leaders involved in it as well, you know. And I'd like to see uh, X-Pac wrestling there as well. So I'm going to give that an 8 out of 10. Yeah, eight, I think that's fair enough, you know. Uh, so that is basically it for the pay-per-view. And, of course, we'll be doing the same every month. And next month, it's a biggie because usually we swap between WWE and WWE, but we're not. On the next WWE vs. WSW in June, we will be watching King of the Ring 1998, which features arguably the greatest match slash moment in WWE history with what happens there. Uh, so we'll be watching that in its entirety for the first time ever on the WWE po- uh, WNR podcast. And of course, next month as well, we've got so many questions to answer. Like you said, with the DX and the Nation, and over on Nitro as well, Wolfpack Sting. Will he join the Wolfpack? Will Sting Won't he? join the Wolfpack? Exactly. And there's lots of other questions as well. Goldberg's undefeated streak, and, and, and lots of other stuff. So it's all good. Anything else about today's episode, Dan? Nope.
So that is it from part two. Two. I've been our 160, and it's been our four june the w network view for the month of june we'll be looking back basically the past month anyway all the new content and 205 live and nxt update but until then you can follow us on twitter at ww network review or at vince mcdan wwe i'm at j underscore rollins across all the google platforms ww network review on google plus send us an email to our podcast at gmail.com we're also on facebook yes facebook you can come and find our page and give us a like with a ww network review podcast or you can come and find me and add me as a friend and vince mcdan subscribe to our YouTube channel W Network Review Podcast we've got clips up there and podcasts got the same time to do other places like SoundCloud on your phone don't forget to subscribe to our music maker Diddly on SoundCloud we're on Spreaker Radio so we've got NXT Chicago 2 live next month also Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there but that is it I have been James Rollins and as always always joined by Dan White thanks for listening everybody and bye bye <laughs>